Warning! This episode contains foul language, talk of demonic forces, and details of a graphic murder. listening to Keep It Weird, the podcast for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and everything in between. On each episode, we sit down with one of our friends, neighbors, or co-workers, and we talk about something weird. This week, we're talking about premonitions. Is precognition real? Is it a result of a higher power? Is it pure science, or is it malarkey? Are we all a part of a giant computer program? Oh, snap! My name is Lauren, and this is my lovely co-host, Ashley. Hi! Hi, weirdos! Hi, everybody! And joining us this week, a repeat, she was on episode 9, Glitch in the Maria. Welcome, Maria Lakioma! Yay! I'm here. Welcome back! Thank Welcome you. back! Thank you, guys! Glad to be back. We've yeah. gotten so much wonderful feedback on the episode that you were on, by the way, of just oh, people, awesome. like, flipping mm-hmm. out about the idea of a glitch in the Matrix <laughs> yeah. and, like, uh, the, what's it called? Mandela The effect. Mandela, Mandela effect. Just mm-hmm. all of those things. It's been like, what? This can't be real. What? Yeah, we got some really good feedback from my mom, who said, Mostly Ashley. I don't mom. understand this. <laughs> you I, don't uh, else, I don't right? get it. Yeah. Neither does I don't understand else. what you're saying. Well, guess what, mom? You're not going to understand shit. This episode, yeah. because holy Ugh. balls, I really it's gonna get got lost. <laughs> you so went lost. in a rabbit hole for sure, <laughs> I went sure, in a rabbit Ms. hole yesterday. Ashley. I had to claw and scratch and kick and scream my way out of it. It was insane. Yeah, it's nuts. Another loves. That's <laughs> short for levels. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the explanation. <laughs> uh, before life. we get started in it, though, uh, we should talk about Scare LA. We went to Scare LA last yes. week. Yes. It was oh so God, good. It was so much um, fun. Last Saturday, Ashley and I attended Scare LA, which is basically a Halloween, creepy, fall, all kinds of things convention all rolled into mm-hmm. one. At the LA Convention Center, they completely took over this room. It was huge. It was enormous. Lots two of, of booths, them. lots of different panels, shows. Yeah, they took over two rooms. That's yeah. true. Because then two, they had like, that scary room. Warehouse size rooms. It was yeah. crazy. And there were lots of vendors selling their uh-huh. cool little spooky Halloween things. Nice. And then one of the areas was a scare zone where they had like mini haunted houses set mm-hmm. up that you could walk through and things would jump out at you and it was dark and was they would scary? flash red lights. That area was super creepy, and I yeah. had an anxiety attack. <laughs> I loved the rest of it. But they had, like, little games set up. Like, there was one really funny game oh, where yeah. it was, like, it was in the spooky scare room where, uh, so all the lights are off, basically, and there was, like, a fog machine, and they had built this, like, fake little, like, graveyard, like, cemetery, Ooh. and what they would do is they would have two teams, a red team and a blue team, mm-hmm. two people on each team. And you would start at four corners of the cemetery, and you would put a blindfold on. So two people had a blue blindfold, and two people had a red blindfold, and everyone had a rubber knife. 
And basically, oh you God. had to kill the other team in the graveyard. Only feeling your way. But you were blindfolded. So they're walking through with these rubber knives. And as soon as you tag someone with it, like, yeah, it all counts. you have to do is yeah. touch them with a the knife. So and they're sticking their knives out so trying they're to like, face yeah, walking people. Through, like, and like every time they run into a grave, they're like... Because they it. think it's like a person. Yeah. It was so funny to it watch. Was I can't hilarious. even. It's like a trust fall, but not. Yeah, yes, yeah. Exactly. It was like so funny. Kill. So that was pretty um, hilarious. The Crypt Keeper was there. Yes. The real Crypt Keeper. Yeah, John Cassier the was there. He was making announcements all throughout the day, so you just hear his it was voice. So cool. Oh, all like, over, over the place. Is it over? Yeah, it was oh, just last weekend. It was so much fun. And amazing costumes. Oh, the costumes were incredible because they had people there who like. They had like the cinema makeup school come, and they kind of like first come, first serve. Some were free, some you paid for, and they would actually do the makeup. It would take hours, but you look phenomenal. Um, and then like obviously guests came in costume. Uh, they had a huge school bus there that was from uh that was like set up. From like the It movie, the new one that's yeah, coming yeah, out, yeah, 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 and it was a VR experience, <gasps> and you could walk through. It was a virtual reality, like it. That we didn't do it because every the time we saw the so line long. was like, yeah, insane. Everyone was doing it, but you'd yeah. walk through the bus and do a little VR experience, and it looked horrifying and awesome yeah, all in one. Terrifying. But yeah, there Very were cool. a lot of clowns, Yo. a whole lot of clowns, Warm. and they liked to bother me. <laughs> They could, they could smell, smell my fear. her fear. Yeah. Like, yes. there was one, I remember, we were walking down an aisle at one point, and Lauren had been terrorized literally all day. We mm-hmm. were, like, walking down an aisle to leave, finally. And I saw this guy, this, like, clown coming up who had, like, a human head in his hands. And I saw <laughs> I him, like, it was a human head. It was on, like, a bungee cord. Yeah, so yeah. you could throw it and then, like, pull it back to right. himself. Because he wants to lose that. Yeah. Lose well, your... and I saw yeah. him, like, kind of throwing it. Because it looks like he's throwing it at you. Yeah. But really, like, he just pulls it right back. And I saw it. We're walking down. And I was like, please, please throw that at Lauren. <laughs> and I didn't say anything. We kept walking. And he did. And I'm not kidding. I'm surprised because we had like a little paper bag of like goodies. Our little yeah, goodies yeah. And stuff we bought. But there was like a ton of business cards in there because we were like doing like, kind of like marketing. Yeah. And yeah. I, she I threw the bag threw the into bag the air. Into the air. I was preparing <laughs> to catch the human head being tossed at me. I didn't know it was on a bungee cord. Right. So I threw it in the air and I also kicked my right leg as high as it could go. Somehow that was supposed to help that me is to catch the head. The yes. clown was laughing so hard. Hard. I think I, I was laughing so hard. I think he duped me better than he duped anyone that day because he was for the most part keeping like a poker face and trying to look creepy to everyone yeah, that yeah, went yeah, by. Yeah. But to me, he just busted out laughing, and I feel like it's because my reaction was so intense. <laughs> so it Lauren, if your fear could smell, what would it smell like? If my fear could smell, oh, like meaning like, like it they, had a scent. Uh, that's a better way to. Do it. Oh, if my fear had a scent. Oh, God. Rotten eggs. Oh, God. No, that makes sense. Because <laughs> mine would sense. be like onions and like... Yeah. Like... 100%. Cheese, like rotten cheese. It would mine be something would be like, like red roses. Away. Oh. Because you don't have any Because she never gets scared. Mine would be peppery because it never happens. <laughs> it never happens ever. No, Not Ashley kept her game face on. Everything terrified me. Because oh. I love spooky stuff. I love scary movies. I love talking about all the stuff we talk about on this podcast. But when a clown approaches me in person and mm-hmm. is an inch away from my face, 
I'm not about that. The I'm only time I life. kind of got scared is when the twisty the clown grabbed my arm and oh, drug me like well, seven feet. Because that was oh, horrifying. he like touched you and dragged you. He drug me. Yeah. Oh, oh, like yeah. I I was getting ready to save her because at first I was like, ha ha, twisty's messing with her. I actually did. I jumped into mode of like, should I follow them? Oh my god, he's gonna take her into he a closet. I'm gonna have to go to pull me. He dragged her And this guy was far. in so like character mode. He didn't say a word all day. Uh-uh. He didn't like. He just nodded slowly and like shook his head. You the could best. hear his breathing. And his makeup under the mask was perfect. His, yeah, he looked then, amazing. But I truly thought I was gonna have to try and save her life and he get murdered. He drugged me myself. probably like six or seven feet. Yeah. Like, and really? I was like, I had my feet planted, and he just kept dragging. And were you me. like, I, like, I don't know, I'm gonna do it, but I don't know. You were <laughs> no, like nervous, I giggling, kind of. You were just like, oh god, oh god, oh god, and I was like, Ashley. <laughs> And this wasn't even in, like, the scare zone. This was, Mm-mm. like, like in the fighting entrance. Yeah, it, was it was really like, close yeah, to the was, entrance. Because yeah. we were just talking to them about how cool their costumes were. And he started doing this thing. He was, like, like this look that was, like, what is that? And I was looking at, I thought he was looking at my bracelets. Yeah. I was, like, my bracelets? And he's, like, he nodded his head and pointed again. I was, like, oh, they're beads. And he grabbed my arm. And, oh, oh my God. It's it amazing. I love being scared. It was that wonderful. My favorite. I you would have loved it. I think the only time that I actually get, like, really scared is when people have chainsaws. Uh, and I know that there's no chain yes. on them. But you don't know, no. But they're still You shot. don't know what, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and there's a lot of crazy people. Like, I always think about that. Like, what if the guy was real? Mm. What if it was, like, a real guy? And there's, like, oh, this haunted house. A real guy came in with a chainsaw. That is oh, very God. true. What if right? a real yeah, guy I'm snuck in? Like, know. it's part of the house, but it's not. But it's not. <laughs> yeah. I just awful. don't like it because there's so so loud, and that sound yeah. is like that sound is terrifying. one of the scariest. Well, Ashley, you know how you said you really want to go to Halloween Horror Nights? Guess that what? happens all throughout chainsaws. the night. Yeah. Literally, there's a whole area where you're just walking from like one haunted house to the next, and men with chainsaws just like crisscross run in front of you. Is that you. the one in Griffith Park? That's the one at Universal. Oh, Universal. Okay, okay, yes. They literally just follow you around the chainsaws the entire night until you hop into a line for a haunted house. They'll just terrorize you. So get ready. Well, I don't even know if we're going to go. By the way, listeners, if anyone has any free tickets to Halloween Horror Nights that you want to donate to your two favorite podcast hosts, I looked up prices for me, Joe, my sister, and her husband to go while they're here and get, like, the express pass, $900. (gasps) That is Holy shit bucket. $1,000 for us to go to Halloween Horror Nights. Are you kidding me? Their prices must have gone up. That has never been the case. I have no idea. Front of line is that? Well, front of line is an extra, an additional $80 per ticket. But the tickets are like... $120, $130. $120, $130. Oh, they so did go up then. $200 and something dollars for each of us. What if we get them to be a sponsor? And then we mention it. They probably won't, but probably it's an won't, idea. But, hey guys, come on. Let's <laughs> talk about is. it. Hey. I mean, I will promote them all day. I think Halloween Horror Nights is wonderful. I've been I've wanting Ashley. I've never Ash- been. I, I know. go so bad. I've gone three so times, crazy. three years in a row, and I have always wanted Ashley to go because it's very well yeah, done. Yeah. The houses are, I mean, it's on a back lot, so obviously the sets are like movie style, Quality. look like it's yeah. straight out of a film. So I'm like, Maybe I want Ashley watch. to see it so bad, but maybe we'll get a bunch of new Patreon users. Ooh, new Patreon users. Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, Speaking of Patreon, uh, we're going to be posting on our Patreon page for our donors. Donors? Sure. Patrons? Patrons. $5 and up. We're going to be posting a lot of pictures from Scare LA that we did not post on our social media. So that'll probably come up today or tomorrow. Mm. So 
That's about it. Do you have yeah. anything else to say about Scare LA? There's some more coming up. There's um, We're going to be at Son of Monster Palooza in September. Um, and I believe we're going to be doing coverage at Grave Harvest in October, too. Yes, so. which that one's in Fullerton. But, yeah, I mean, there might be some far, Orange County people listening. So um, We could carpool. You can Let's come do with it. us. We're going to be there. Let's ride together. You can carpool with us. Yeah. And then before we talk about our premonitions and precognition, we're going to go into our new segment, This Week in Weird! 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 Ooh, Mine ended with in the belch. Yeah. LaCroix. I'm drinking LaCroix. LaCroix <laughs> belch. I'm always drinking LaCroix. So I have one This Week in Weird story. And I'm going to start telling the story. It's going to sound really goofy and funny. And then it's going to get really, really, really dark. And then it's going to get really sad. So I'm just letting you know that ahead of time. Holy because crap. when I first started reading it, I was like kind of laughing. And then I felt horrible for laughing mm-hmm. because it is a very awful, terrible thing that's happening right now. Oh, so, just a heads up. The initial report came in on July 14th, 2017. Uh, villagers in India say that they're being terrorized by an occult gang harvesting women's hair. These supposed witches and warlocks are thought to sneak into bedrooms at night and chop off ladies' hair. Um, and this report, the initial report uh, here... Uh, in the States was from the New York Post. So I was kind of like, oh, the New York Post. But I did more research. This is actually happening. Police in India have uh, increased patrols after 12 women have been attacked within the last two weeks, some of whom had their ears cut off as well. Oh, my God. Again, this is July 14th. One parent said that after his 13-year-old daughter, Asha, was attacked... We came to know about the incident when she woke up and started crying. We suspect occult activities and the supernatural being involved in this as there were no outsiders present in our house during the time of the incident. Some residents have reported a strange smell in their homes prior to the attacks, prompting speculation that perpetrators are drugging people before entering the homes. Many victimized women, some of whom were knocked unconscious prior to getting their hair chopped off, awoke with red tridents branded into their skin. No. Another 13-year-old girl, Sonia Kumari, was sleeping next to her mother when someone broke into their home. Her father said there's an air cooler in the room where the family was sleeping. It, It is possible that someone put some chemical in it because my wife, daughter, and son claimed they started coughing badly um, and then fell asleep. And then woke up and her hair was cut off. Sources told news reporters that locals have shared WhatsApp messages since last month warning of hair chopping by a group of men practicing occult activities. A police spokesman uh, confirmed that the incidents are being investigated. We are investigating all the occasions, but so far it's not clear who are behind this phenomenon. Most of these incidents have taken place in the remotest of villages where literacy is very poor. Meanwhile, village elders known as the Bopa have recently seen an uptick in visits and people asking them for answers. The men reportedly tell families that they're being targeted by an evil force and need to pay to ward off the spirits. So basically they're taking advantage of this horrible thing that's happening. Right. The chairperson of uh, Rajasthan State Commission for Women said that the Bopas are flaring up the situation by spreading unnecessary panic for their own profit. There's also a theory that possibly they're involved to make the money. So since July 14th, the latest article I could find on this strange thing that's happening was on July 31st. 
50 women have been attacked and had their hair cut off. Uh, one woman, Munich, said that as she was nearing her home while returning from the market at around 7 p.m., she felt giddy and became unconscious. When she regained her senses, she found her braids had been cut off. Mm-hmm. What's weird about it is that her six-year-old daughter that was with her at the time said that she didn't see any person near her. What? Near? Yeah. So Very bizarre. Villages are tense over such antisocial activities, <laughs> and men have decided to con- conduct night patrols to catch those responsible, but women fear venturing out. Uh, it seems as though mass hysteria is spreading. Two people for sure have been discovered to have cut off their own hair. A 60-year-old woman was recently lynched by a mob who thought she was responsible for the incidents. They mm-hmm. thought she was a witch, basically. Her family, however, claimed that she, too, was a victim of the hair cutting. One of the victims claimed that her hair was chopped off by a creature that had the body of a man and the face of a cat. Yikes. Meanwhile, <laughs> the Delhi police have cautioned people against spreading rumors about ghosts or boogeymen that could aggravate the panic situation. Mm-hmm. So basically, shit's not great over there right now. No, my goodness. They were saying, I was reading another article, though, that basically was just saying, like, the only way to control situations like this, like, right now, it's just getting completely out of hand. Like, there's too many people taking advantage of the situation. There's too many people spreading the, you know, occult propaganda propaganda that's happening that's, like, making people even more afraid. Yeah. Um, And they were just saying, like, it's just been so bad over there since like since 2001 mm-hmm. with the stress levels of these like especially the poor places in India mm-hmm. where it's like the the amount of stress mixed with like living in these like hot overheated shanties right. with like open sewage in the streets like these people are just like under the worst living conditions yeah. they're so stressed out so with something like this happens yeah it's like you just it's like uncontrollable right. it's just taking over everyone that i'm sure horrible. i can't even imagine maybe they're using laughing gas because she said when she felt giddy and then passed out yeah oh that's true that well they're waiting on I, I don't know uh the the last what was it july 30, 31st i think was the last I think I found one on August 5th, too, but it didn't really have any new information, like an article from August 5th from uh, the Times of India. And basically, they're just waiting on, like, like forensics results. Because, of course, they have, you know, they've tested fingerprints and stuff from, like, people's houses and everything, but, like, there's no leads at all. They could just set up some, like, hidden cameras i know it costs money but like invest in that i feel like it'd be worth it to have the cameras though if you have zero leads Mm -hmm. like this is what's gonna might as well this is what's gonna show you but it's like whose house do we put them in who yeah do we do we put a camera on the street like if they're wearing any masks like that's not gonna help us yeah um, I mean, like, they have night patrols. It's, it's like a neighborhood watch now. They have, like, men that go out and, like, watch during the night, and, like, the police are patrolling, but they haven't figured out who's doing it, if people are doing it to themselves. Right. Why would they be doing it to Something themselves? Something possessing them to do it to themselves. That's it would make a really good documentary. I yes. secretly want to get, I mean, it's so expensive to get camera equipment, but I, I want to do documentaries about things like that. Yeah. yeah. It's just so cool. That needs coverage. Right. If only I had money. If only. Oh, yes. <laughs> that thing called money. 
<laughs> cash money. Anyway, so that's really sad. Yeah, that's very sad let's, and intense. Yeah, let's take a trip to Lauren's Derp Corner. Welcome, um, everybody. This is This Week in Weird, Lauren's Derp Corner, which always cheers, cheers you up a little bit after <laughs> Ashley's dark, serious stories. Um, okay, so this new story just got released today, but it actually deals with something that happened in 2015, but the lawsuit is just coming back to is just coming around today, which is what makes it more recent news. Um, a California man is suing the makers of Heineken beer, alleging that there were two dead leopard geckos in his beer that made him ill. Whoa. The lawsuit claims what? that George Tubay, 49, of Fountain Valley, experienced abdominal pain and vomiting back in August of 2015 after he started drinking from a 24-ounce can of Heineken he purchased from his local Ralph's. The suit says Tubay's daughter examined the beer that made her father ill and discovered two juvenile leopard geckos were dead inside. When discovered, the, de- the geckos had not been decomposed at all and were likely alive when the beer was poured and sealed into the cans in the bottling or canning facility, Tubay's attorney, John Montevideo, said. Um, the lawsuit alleges that Tubay suffered gastrointestinal issues, emotional distress, anxiety, and trauma following the incident and that he had to miss work for several weeks. How is he ever going to trust Heineken again? Seriously. Never again. Like, I just love that it's like, but beer. I can never be happy with my beer again. <laughs> um, Heineken holds the safety and integrity of the products we import to the highest standards. We have investigated this isolated claim, and based on a number of factors, we believe that there is no merit to this claim. Oh, But then no. um, the lawyer, Montevideo, said he had a zoologist and a laboratory team examine the can and its contents, and the zoologists believe that he is indeed credible, and Heineken might be in some trouble. Where are the pictures? Like, take pictures of these geckos. I know. Right? That's what I was seeing. I've There's seen, a video. Yeah, I was going to say, I've seen stuff like that online, mm-hmm. uh, like on Facebook, where people will be, like, you know, reposting something of, like, my husband just took a drink of his Pepsi. Right. It tasted really bad. Inside. Here's what's inside. And they, yeah. like, open it, and there's, like, some sort of, like subterranean creature inside this like opened can of pepsi and it's like that's so crazy that two geckos made their way inside but the facility was just like can seal deliver (laughs) (laughs) there was another one of those i saw on facebook it was a woman who found some sort of weird decomposed i don't know what in her coconut water the Vita, I think it is. Yeah, I the saw closed that too. One. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Oh, I, I don't like drink that. it. I don't drink that one anymore. I well, like, I my thing is, could. is like every time I open a can, I say that as I drink out of a can of Lacroix. <laughs> but every time I open a can of like beer, or I don't drink soda, so I guess beer, I pour it into a glass. Mm. Because you could tell, like, if there's, like, shit, like, floating in it, then, yeah. you know, there's a dead thing in the can. Right. And if there's Ugh, not, then... Imagine? Disgusting. Oh, it's disgusting. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, these things are cans. It's not like every single individual can is, you know, they're producing millions. It's not totally. like they're right. all... It's moving down an assembly line super quick and machines are taking yeah, care of them. Yeah, they're not all individually right. inspected. They're not going to be examined. Truth. But there maybe could be they all should kinds of be. Shit. I know. Can Stupid. you imagine? Like, we don't always see little geckos in our beers, but who knows what is, like, <laughs> falling in there. I, I know. know. She's Louise, little leopard gecko. And how long has it been marinating? Has <laughs> it been marinating? Clearly, those had been marinating a while. If they made him that ill, I feel like things were leaking from them or something. Well, salmonella. Can't you get salmonella poisoning from uh, touching? I remember, like as a kid, oh, yeah. you weren't allowed to touch. Like 
You had to wash your hands. It was like some sort of... Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, I'm sure there's something Uh, attached to that. There's something attached to reptiles specifically. Because with Mercutio, I have to like wash my hands after I handle him. Yeah. I'm not allowed to kiss him. Ugh. I know. Oh, what a tragedy to not kiss your stupid (laughs) snake. snake. (laughs) My beautiful baby boy. I wish I could find his beauty the way you do. (laughs) (sighs) Um, And... Speaking of animals that make you very sick, cats. Yes. Um, there's something in cat urine specifically. And caca. If you, and caca, mm-hmm. if you ingest it, it can make you infertile. Yeah. What? So, yes. Well, yeah. why would you be ingesting cat urine? Well, well, if you clean a litter box and don't wash your hands afterwards and eat a sandwich. Okay. There you go. Or I was just trying, in my head, I was like, give me an example. Of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please, I'm And struggling. if you're pregnant, you can lose the baby. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It's a Damn very, it's a, you're not allowed to like handle, touch, mm-hmm. any kind of. I actually found out that about so that a know. couple of years ago. And like I've told, you know, when I have a boyfriend, I tell them about it and they do all of the scooping. I mean, I'll do like emergency scooping, but it's an actual thing. Yeah. At first yeah. when I heard about it, my friend told me and I was like, you just don't want to scoop cat litter. And she was like, look it up. And it's I looked it up serious. and I was like, oh God. Okay. Yeah, this yeah. is Holy real. Shit. Oh man. Yeah. That is so good to know. Mm-hmm. So ladies. Make your man scoop that shit. Yeah. Get that litter. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> um, that's all the time we have for This Week in Weird. Yes. Weird. <laughs> Let's dive in. Let's just get into it. This Ashley is... has 27 pages of notes. I have 11 pages of notes. 20. She has 1,000 pages of notes. <laughs> I have 11 pages of straight up notes, y'all. This is another episode where you are going to get science. There's going to be a lot of big words, I imagine. Yeah. Let's just do the usual thing where it's like if you say, if I say something that you guys don't understand or vice versa. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. (laughs) What's Uh, that? Teacher? Yes. (laughs) We did that with Joe on his last episode. And he was like, we were like, yeah, if you say something we don't understand, like, we'll just raise our hand. He was like, cool. First sentence. Both Lauren and I raised our hands. (laughs) And he was like, um, okay. (laughs) And then you were pretty consistent after that (laughs) as well. Raising hands every 10 minutes. A lot of hand raise. Okay. So basically, um... We, this is sort of a follow-up to the last episode that you were on, uh, Glitch in the Maria, Glitch right. in the Matrix, that episode, because we talked a lot about <clears throat> the idea of uh, how the human mind works and the abilities that we could potentially have if we are part of a computer program or if we are part of a uh, multiverse Etc. Etc. And we did start talking about like premonitions and dreams and like time travel ish yes, type right. things. So we just wanted um, to so go deeper. So we wanted deeper. to come back. We wanted to go deeper into this um, idea. So first today we are going to talk about the impossibility of precognition and premonitions. So we're going to play the role of extreme skeptic first before we dive into how it could be possible. Right. So, one of the major, major reasons that the scientific community does not believe in premonitions and precognition, we kind of talked a little bit about this before we started recording. As we said, it's sort of filed under paranormal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, it's automatically. Or even like, magic. Some or even magic. Just, right, it's a magician. Or, you know what I mean? Psychic abilities, that yes. kind of yes. thing. So, yeah. it's kind of just disregarded mm-hmm. almost right from the beginning. There's there's a couple reasons that they don't really acknowledge it. The biggest one is just the idea of like chance. 
mm-hmm. and coincidence. Totally. So we actually, the average person has five dreams a night, depending on how many cycles of REM that you get. Which so is you insane, because I never remember dreaming. So to me, I'm like, I have never had five <laughs> dreams in one night. Well, that's the thing, too, is some people remember all of their dreams. Some people don't remember any. Literally none. Some people have said, a lot of people say, you know, they're like, I don't dream. That's impossible. Everyone dreams. I realize that I dream. I never say I don't dream. I just always say I don't remember them. It is so rare that I remember them. So when I do, I immediately scribble them in a notebook that's next to my bed because I'm like, I have to remember. And then I read it in the morning and it's complete garbage. (laughs) And it's like, barely makes any sense because I was half asleep and like still in the dream state. I'll be like... The alarm clock and my old classmate Aaron out in the schoolyard bucket of ranch. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh well, what's happening? Okay, then. <laughs> so if you get a normal eight hours of sleep a night, mm-hmm. you should be dreaming five times a night. Okay. Five dreams per night. Then, of course, wait, what? Everyone <laughs> it's already <laughs> happening. It's already happening. We're dreaming now. Dreaming what? Ashley's asleep. Um, so, five dreams a night, that's 35 dreams a week, that's almost 2,000 dreams a year. What? So, I'm almost 30, so I've had roughly 53,000 dreams in my life. That doesn't count naps, that doesn't count, you know, if I, you know, I guess pulled an all-nighter. Wow. That's how many dreams I've probably had. So many dreams. And I usually remember most of them. So, and, you know, our daily lives affect... Our dreams. Right. So if you are, say, like, worried about finances, your dreams are going to reflect that. Mm -hmm. You'll have nightmares about losing your house or not being able to pay bills. If you're having trust issues in your relationship, you may dream of your partner cheating or being unfaithful, so on and so forth. I was just going to ask if you guys have ever had the dream of cheating because I have and I've woken up and been mad at Alex, my husband, like, so irrationally. Like, how dare you kiss that dream girl. Yes. I'm literally holding it against him for days. Yeah, until and you, like, like try okay. not to, like, take it out on them, but it actually happened to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So. In your head. Eh? There's a lot. That's actually where a lot of the debunking of the precog dreams come from. A lot of people report things like, I knew I was going to be pregnant before I was pregnant. Right. At the same time, they're trying for the baby. So, of course, yeah. you're going to have that dream. You could yes. have just as easily had a dream that you were not pregnant and then found out mm-hmm. that you, right. you know, and then had trouble I'm bursting out of my skin. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, but wait. No, I know. Just wait. But just I have wait. things to tell you. Um, <laughs> same goes for, like, deaths in the family. It's like yes. you dream, like, oh, I dreamt that my mother passed away and then she did. And it was like, well, she was undergoing treatment for cancer she right. was very sick this was already like, a thought course, in your mind you know what i mean fear in your mind um of course like that the coincidence thing kind of goes away when it comes to you know people say uh dying in an accident or something mm-hmm. something happening uh very suddenly <sighs> oh my god i'm trying to turn up the sound on the stupid <laughs> ipad and it starts going off i apologize with all of my heart i and couldn't even yeah, I just saw your quietest. reaction. It. it was the quietest amount of music, but your reaction was hilarious. I'm just like, fucking shut up. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> that was amazing. That was amazing. So, I feel like that would be precognition when it's like you have a dream about someone dying and that they die in a, like a horrific car accident, like a total surprise. Or, you know what I mean? Yes. Or it's like you have a dream that your partner leaves you and then you get left at the altar. You right. know what I mean? Where it's like. There's nothing in your life that's signaling that these things could possibly happen. It comes completely out of happen. the blue. It comes out of the blue. Yes. 
So a lot of precognitive dreams and premonitions can be chalked up to chance. Again, we have 35 dreams a week or more. You know, if we dream, for example, we drop a pencil in class and the next day we drop a pencil, the chances of that happening are technically kind of Mm 50-50. So it could even be that you were fiddling with your pencil, thought about the dream, got distracted, or it caused like a physical reaction. You drop your pencil and you're like, my pencil in my dream. I dreamed that. Yes. Oh, God, I can't wait to share. I know. (laughs) I'm so excited. Another interesting thing to note Uh, And this is something you actually covered a little bit the last time you were on, is that our mind and specifically dreams are extremely deceptive. Mm -hmm. So, for example, dream deja vu or deja rev, Mm -hmm. which you brought up last time. So when we have dreams, so you know the dreams that you have where you get a strong sense of familiarity. So, for example... I was at my parents' house, but it looked nothing like my parents' house. Mm-hmm. I just knew that it was. I get that with people, too. Yes. Like, this was my friend Kristen, but it looked, it's like yeah. a black woman, and yeah. she's a tiny white girl. Yeah, exactly. like, But it's yeah. Kristen. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I was talking to my sister, but she was an elephant, but I yeah. knew it was my sister. Right. You have like, that knowing like feeling. That. Yeah. It's a feeling of familiarity that lends a stable environment for characters to, like, the dream image that's taking place. So it's the same function that allows certain dreams to feel familiar or even exact. But in reality, recurring dreams are actually extremely, extremely rare. So dreams dreams can literally trick you into feeling like they are recurring by using that familiar feeling. So unless you have written documentation of a dream occurring and then recurring, it's actually more likely that you are having the dream for the first time, but that same familiar feeling is making you think, oh, I've dreamed this before. Oh, mm-hmm. I've been here before. I have but it's actually, time. yeah, dream deja vu is actually way more common than recurring dreams. Yeah. So unless you like keep a note of it, yeah. No, I it, just realized I forgot to bring my dream journal. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was hard. I just, I made this like reaction, like, dang, dang it. But I forgot dang to it, Moby, it, yeah. Dang it, dang it. I was a double dang. I'm sure that would have been gold because you have some <sighs> intense dreams. I do, I know, but I remember them. Anyway. Gosh, um, that deja vu in the dreams is so crazy. I get yes. that all the time. Ashley and I were just talking about this last week, and I was like, I get that feeling all the time, but then I'll literally talk myself out of it because I'm like, when would you have had that dream? You would have written it down if you had had that uh-huh. dream. Like, when would that have occurred? Yeah. And I eventually talked my brain into, I think that was the first mm-hmm. time I Recurring had dreams do happen. People yeah. do right. have recurring dreams. But in my it's, situation, I don't think it was. Yes, but... This is way more common than actually having a dream that has occurred twice. That's crazy. You can visit, like, the same locations in a dream. Right. Sure. Or, like, have the same, like, situations, but recurring dreams are technically, like, the same dream. Oh, yeah. that's what I was going to ask. The yeah, exact recurring same dream. dream is the exact same dream, yeah. not, like, a like an image or, or, or a thing that re- reoccurs. Yeah. It's like the exact same mm-hmm. dream. dream. There are some, you know, I think that you could still qualify a recurring dream as being like the same, you know, like I was floating in a black. Right. Something like that. Void. And I saw an image and I got closer and closer to the image, but I woke up before I could see the image. Right. Something like that where it's like. It could be a little bit different every time, but it's the exact same, like, black void, floating, image getting closer. I think that still counts as a recurring dream, okay. even if they're a small, like, difference. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. Just so, um <laughs> <laughs> Our mind is also deceptive when it comes to actual memories. A lot of times people will have things occur in their life, 
and feel familiarity and feel as though they dreamt of this thing happening, <laughs> LaCroix. <laughs> that was hilarious. I love the call out immediately after. <laughs> LaCroix. 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 Uh, LaCroix. And they feel as though they dreamt of it happening, but only remember it after the fact. And that is actually a trick of the mind as well. So the mind is obviously very complex and tricky, we're learning new things bitch. every day. Uh-huh. So we have millions and millions of memories stored in our brains, but we only remember a portion of it, which is true and not true. Our brains keep important information in a different folder than unimportant information. Got it. And sometimes the unimportant information accidentally gets filed under important, like the lyrics to graduation by vitamin C. As we go on. We remember. Exactly. Oh, I hate the so, amount of songs I remember. Not from important. The 90s. Oh, do not need it. Somehow filed in the important it. folder. Yeah. I don't understand. And some memory mem- memories. Memories. Also, there's a dragon growling at us from your. Oh, room. that's okay. That's just my little dragon. Dragon. That's my little dragon. Obsessed with coffee pot, but dragon also. Yes, it was definitely the coffee pot. And a lot of memories get put into the, like, unimportant memories get put into the important file because of the emotional response that they give to us. This is especially true with embarrassing memories. Ugh, oh, I hate my those. God. You they don't seep need back them. In they, they're always there. They're always at the forefront. Like, there's no reason that I should remember the time that I was made fun of in eighth grade for having my t shirt. I missed a button on mm-hmm. my button up shirt. Yep. And I can remember exactly what shirt I was wearing. Mm-hmm. I can remember exactly who was making fun of me. I can remember exactly what his, like, laugh sounds like. And where you buried him. And where I buried him. <laughs> and the shovel that you hit him with. <laughs> yeah. All of those exactly. things Exactly. But, like, yeah, no nuts? need. I don't right, need to right. remember that. Why? But because of that, like, horrible emotional response, mm-hmm. like, I cried. It was, like, mm-hmm. a horrible it's like day. A trauma. I felt awful about myself yeah. because I didn't button my shirt right. Yeah. I remember it clear as day. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That happens. There's no reason for me to remember that. So there are a billion situations that we experience each and every day that garner no emotional response. So they are stored in unimportant and we quote unquote forget them. Mm -hmm. But they're always there. They're triggered by things. A smell, a song, or exactly. It's almost always a smell, I feel like. I'll smell something familiar and I'll be like, this is coming back to my grandma's house. Oh, standing in my grandma's house. Sidebar, the smell of rotting animals. Okay, relax. Just hear me me out. Oh, God. So, uh, when I was a kid, in my yard, there was always like a dead baby bird from something that would fall and it would like die somewhere and I could smell it. And I always tell my husband this. I go, it's nostalgic. It like doesn't make me happy, but it just reminds me of summers at my mom's house like yeah, smelling like, that specific smell. Not like snakes. Snakes smell like pure dookie, but like ba- like birds decay. Yeah, baby birds and like... You smell that smell specific, specific smell. smell. Yeah, yeah. That is just is a weird. funny thing to say. Like, mm, I'm taken back to mom's oh. backyard. There's a dead animal. <laughs> oh, yes. I sketched it. <laughs> Keeping it weird, Keeping guys. Keeping it weird. Keeping it soups weird. So sometimes those <laughs> unimportant memories, we, you know, forget them, but we actually never forget them. So it's conceivable that a previous experience that exists in memory but fails to be remembered or mm-hmm. retrieved would not only produce a sensation of deja vu upon encountering a similar situation, but could also produce a sense of how the current event is supposed to unfold 
making it seem like you are having a premonition. Got it. Or that you predicted it. Even when we fail to retrieve a memory, our brains have a way of signaling to us that there is possibly a relevant memory in there somewhere. Um, That signals a survival skill and a useful tool, but it can sometimes produce extreme feelings of, this exact thing has happened to me before, I just know it, and this Mm -hmm. is going to happen next. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're right, and sometimes you're wrong. Right. So there have been a ton of really interesting experience uh, experiments done to test precognition and premonitions that have yielded some incredible results. However, the scientific scientific community, for the most part, disregards the findings because of everything that I just covered. Yes, because right. of like chance and yes. coincidence, yeah. and the fact that your mind does do those things, especially right. the the dream deja vu. Uh, the recurring dream thing, the dreams are so deceptive that it's kind of like, well, you can constantly look at it and go, well, actually this. Mm -hmm. Did you have any experiments done to you or to someone that you love? No, no, I have not. I was just kind of looking at my science-y stuff. I figured we could get some of this out of the way because we're going to dive into some really cool stories that we all have. Yeah, because there are science-based experiments that have tried to prove and disprove. That are in favor of it. Totally. So I just pulled up scientists that were in favor of it because they are so rare. Um, And Cassandra Viatin, I don't know how to say her name, Ph.D., Um, she had this quick little quote before I dive into this, um, saying there seems to be a deep concern that the whole field will be tarnished by studying a phenomenon that is tainted by its association with superstition, spiritualism, and magic. Protecting against this possibility sometimes seems more important than encouraging scientific exploration of protecting academic freedom. So she is just kind of saying like, let's, um... Like, so many people want to stay away from this because it has spiritual association or it has some type of magic association. And she's saying, I think we need to steer away from this and actually try exploring it because there may be some merit to it. So she was just saying, I think it's pretty sad that no one is willing to dive into this. And she, oh, at the end of it, I didn't include, she said, I think this is finally changing. So she's excited that scientists are ready to dive in a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So... Basically, a recently published study in the journal Frontiers in Human Neuroscience examined a number of experiments regarding this phenomenon that were conducted in several different labs. And these experiments indicate that the human body can actually detect randomly delivered stimuli Mm -hmm. one to ten seconds in advance. So in other words, the human body seems to know of an event and it reacts to it even though the event has not occurred yet. What happens in the human body before these events are physiological changes that are measured that are measured regarding um, your heart, the skin, and the nervous system as a whole. So these types of responses to future events are measured in the body and are considered unconscious responses. So, like I said before, this is just proving, like this is just helping to dig in and explore precognition, but it's not necessarily proving that our brain is seeing anything. Right. But these scientists are just saying, hey, let's dive into this a little more from a purely scientific standpoint and see what the body is doing before we can then connect to the brain. Well, on the test subjects, too, I believe that was the picture one, right? Weren't these they are lots of pictures? different ones. Oh, it totally, okay. This was with pictures or with videos. Okay. These were lots of different things. And in all of the times, the body was reacting before they would even see right. what occurred. They were yeah. in the dreams, right? 
they, they experience it in the they future? They did both or, awake and asleep. Mm-hmm. Oh. So the one of the tests that they did was they basically had random photos shown to them on like a slideshow kind of, mm-hmm. right? So, and they spliced in like erotic photos. Oh. And also disturbing photos, like of dead animals, for example, into these normal photos. (laughs) These very normal things. Yes. So what would happen is the test subject, so like it would stay on a picture for, say, I don't know, 15 seconds, move to the next picture. The pictures of the like erotic stuff and the disgusting stuff were randomly spliced in. And before the next picture, before the erotic photo or the disgusting photo would pop up, their body would already start reacting to it mm-hmm. before they saw the photo. Mm. So, Heart pounding, skin yes. getting goosebumps sometimes. Before like, they oh. even saw the picture. Mm-hmm. It's like they knew that that was the next picture. And what was interesting, though, is that the test subjects for that experiment, I know they did a ton, but for that experiment, they said they didn't feel anything. Mm-hmm. So it was just physiological. It was just their body reacting right. to it. They didn't actually, like, notice or feel anything while they were totally. being tested. Their body was reacting, and they had no knowledge of it at right. all, which is insane. Which is very interesting. Um, so this, <laughs> I just have a little bit more in here just because I like these doctors that are, like, willing to go there. <laughs> um, so the fact that the, we have these changes in our physiological activity and in our nervous system prepare... The fact that we can have these changes for future events is remarkable. And the fact that it is unconscious precognition should not take away from the fact that it helps us better understand the phenomenon of possible conscious precognition. This is just helping us understand in a very scientific sense, which I love. It's like, we can be sciencey, folks. Yeah. We are still waiting for science to catch up, obviously, and provide an explanation for the conscious precognition that some people possess. But um, this science is really helping us to see a way. The very cool part of the many studies that have happened over the past 36 years, which this website that I had, which on our newsletter will include the link, it had links to all of the studies that had happened over the past 36 years. You can open them and read everything that's happened, click on the links, read about some of these cool doctors, how the patients were reacting, get all the nitty gritty. Um, But the cool part of these studies that have happened over these past three decades is that two very well-respected doctors from these studies believe and lean towards the fact that precognition in the conscious sense could be real. Their names are Dr. Daryl J. Bem and Dr. Dean Radin. First with Dr. Bem, um, a recently published paper in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology by this professor suggests that precognition may certainly be real. He is a leading social psychologist and has been well-respected in his long and esteemed career, so his work suggesting that this could be real is a large leap for this phenomenon, um, and he was part of the studies that um, where people were watching the videos, where yes. they were seeing videos and little pictures were being spliced in. Yeah. Um, another study from Dr. Dean Radin, one of several offers that also was in the first study um, that involved seeing physiological results. He's also conducted four double-blind experiments that show how intuitive hunches can be measured in fluctuations and in the nervous system, um, also show an unconscious perception of future events, and that possibly there is some sort of activity going on in the brain as well. And these are for people who say they have some sort of hunch that something is going to happen. They're trying to lean into, could this hunch just be some weird gut feeling that you have, or is it connected to something? So he did a bunch of studies on that. And indeed came out saying, I think, conscious precognition could happen. 
Um, I just want to say again, I know I said this at the beginning, <laughs> I want to keep stating for the science world and for everyone, precognition has only been found as physical and unconscious thus far, but the fact that our bodies can react before an event happens is what is probably going to connect us eventually to some sort of attachment in the brain. It would be near impossible to see if premonition is 100% real, of course, right. but we are at least advancing in some way and it should not be completely ruled out just because it falls into the paranormal world because yes. science supports it in a way. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is that it, especially up until now, we were talking about this earlier, people, the scientific community is so, so desperate and quick to debunk any premonition and precognition studies mm -hmm. that, like you said, one of them actually brought a magician in to prove that there was no sleight of hand, right. there was no tricks being done. They, yes. they do, like, double-blind studies where even, like, the person who's, like, testing the subjects doesn't know what they're testing them for. Right. So that... So all their no findings are completely yeah, yeah yeah yeah. So now I think that if we did, so that's been kind of the science against it. It's just like it's absolutely not real. It's absolutely not totally. real. There's no way we could test it. However, disagree. <laughs> disagree. Disagree. Disagree for several reasons. One major reason that I disagree and I'm sure you do too, is because it's happened to me before. Boom. Yeah. Hashtag boom. Hashtag um, So we're going to share with you a couple stories of uh, personal stories that we have. Um, I'm going to share one. This one, I truly can't explain it, and it's one of the dumbest thing that's ever happened to me as a person. <laughs> but so significant. <laughs> but, but significant. So significant. Tell it to us. This was 2011. June? Or July. Summer. Okay, so I had this dream the night before I was moving about I was a passenger in my car for some reason, and I was holding something in my hands, so I couldn't really move my arms a lot, and a spider came down from the ceiling of my car. Mm -hmm. It was, like, in my face, and, like, chaos ensued. Mm -hmm. Like, there was, like, swerving, and, like, it was a mean gnarly spider right in my face that was all the dream was very strange but stupid whatever so the next day we went to the u-haul rental place and had to stand in line for a while and i was there with my my current boyfriend who was helping me move mm -hmm. and i saw what triggered the memory of the dream for me is i saw a spider decal like as we were waiting in line i was like oh by the way like right this, this dream I had last night was so ridiculous. I recalled the dream to him. He laughed, whatever. We finally get up to the counter, and we find out that it's going to be, like, a shit ton cheaper to rent a hitch to put on the back of my car mm -hmm. than to rent a U-Haul truck. So we do that. However, I, I had only lived in L.A. for about a year. I wasn't super comfortable driving my car with a hitch on it, okay. so my boyfriend was driving my car. And I was a passenger mm -hmm. in my car. And at the time we were driving down the street, I actually had Mercutio in his carrying cage. And I was holding it in my hands. So, again, none of this is, like, registering to me at all. Right. And all of a sudden we pull up to a stop sign, actually. We weren't even out of Hollywood yet. I was moving to Van Nuys. And 
my boyfriend actually started saying spider like in your dream, spider like in your dream. And I was like, what? Right in front of my face from the ceiling of my car was a spider hanging by a thread. The thing is, though, in my dream, it was like a gnarly, evil spider. And this was the tiniest, silliest spider I've ever seen. Still. A spider nonetheless. (laughs) A spider nonetheless. So I grabbed his string. We were at a stop sign. Rolled down my window and, like, gently put him out the window. And then rolled up the window. And I looked. And my boyfriend is just white as a sheet. Yeah. Staring at me like I'm... A demon from hell. Like you had told him about the dream. Like, I told he, him about the dream like uh, maybe an hour and a half before this actually happened. So we right, took the God. hitch back to the apartment, loaded a bunch of shit up, and then like as we were leaving Hollywood, this exact thing happened, no. and he could not believe it. Let me ask you: What do you think the purpose of that dream was? I have no idea. Maybe you know it could possibly be. That I could have freaked out, yeah. flailed my arms, dropped the snake, yeah. wrecked the car. Totally. No idea. Like, that could have absolutely happened. But mm-hmm. because I had this dream, I very calm, cool, and collected, grabbed the thread, dropped it out the spider yes. Like so You were prepared only... to deal with the spider like... instead of crashing your car and killing your snake. Because yeah. you were forewarned. Yeah. Forewarned. That's exciting. It's so strange. I wanted to. I wanted to follow up with like a a chorus as well. I was hoping someone would help me write the song of forewarning, but either way, it deserves a song because it's so crazy. I that it's just insane because it's so mundane, but potentially super important that I had the dream. It is mundane, but I absolutely think it's important. The fact that you had the dream and told it to someone, because this isn't just a case of deja vu where mm-hmm. you're like, I think I dreamt this. No, you told someone the and, night they, and they yeah. reacted as well to say, spider in your dream, spider in your dream. Like, he was a witness. Yeah. That's crazy. It was absolutely insane. It's the craziest thing that's ever happened to me. And the thing is, I've had a couple more, but that one was the one it's like, I told someone about the dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I didn't even, because I've had some before where I knew that they were mm-hmm. different. Like, I knew, yeah, like, they were telling you something, something yeah. what is going on in the stream, and then later I found out. And I've told people about them and then found out later. So that wasn't my only story that had, like, a witness yeah. or, like, proof, like, that I wrote it down and then it happened. But that one was the most extreme because it was yeah. so strange, so specific. Very specific. Listen. Very weird. I'm putting my hands on my, like, as if I had bifocals to be like, ugh. Dreams. My life. The entire time. Like, okay. So, I have, these are, these are my theories. This isn't like, girls, I know. Um, So, I believe that our minds are this playground, okay, Mm -hmm. where I feel like no matter what it is that you believe in, because I'm a Christian, right, so I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, angels, all that stuff, and I do believe that you can have prophetic dreams, I believe that you can have premonitions, precognitions, and just a little voice in your head that tells you something that, you know, Mm -hmm. you're supposed to know. But before I was super spiritual, I was always having dreams as a kid, little things. So the first one, so the reason why I say it's a playground is because I believe that no matter what you believe in, I think that <clears throat> whatever is evil and whatever is good can use your dreams. 
Mm-hmm. Sure. I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I'll tell you a couple of those stories. It's going to be fun. I can't wait. Um, but the first one that I'll share, this one is very specific. It involves my husband, who at the time was my boyfriend because we were like 16. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we had been dating. By dating, I mean like he was my boyfriend. We never hung out. So it was like right. a month into the relationship, quote unquote. I'm doing air quotes. And uh, I had this specific dream that we were in the math class that we were in. And I was having this spitball fight with this girl named Jeannie Hatcher. If you're listening, hey, Jeannie. Jeannie. Um, anyway, and so Jeannie Hatcher ducks behind like a, you know, a desk and she's like, did you know that Steve wants to like, you know, like break up with you? And I was like, no, what's going on? And he's like, he just said, what was it specifically? He said, um, I want to break up with you, but uh, I feel bad. Like he wants to break up with you, but he feels bad. So I said, okay. So I woke up from this dream and I've always had this like knowing as a kid. So it, I, when I woke up from the dream, I felt like, okay, this, this is a thing. So I wrote Stephen a note and I gave it to him the next day, just saying like, oh, I think we should break up, you know, cause it's like, whatever. And, um, his exact words out of his mouth was like, I wanted to break up, but I felt bad. Ooh. And so that's how I knew. And I, at the time I didn't tell him cause we, we had just started dating. He wasn't ready for my dreams. But, <laughs> and like now it's like every morning I tell him about my dreams, but when that you, specifically. When you woke up from the dream, did yes. you instantly think, I know that this yes. is how he feels. You had that knowing yes. sensation. Okay. But um, I will say that that took time to perfect. And I'm not okay. saying I had it perfect then, but I just kind of like, what I use, what I do and what I encourage people who have these kinds of dreams to do is it's like a trial and error. It's like you don't know unless you try. So you yeah. don't know it's real unless you put out the information like what you did. Mm-hmm. Um, there are times often I dream of people's pregnancies or it's not them specifically. It's like I'll dream of pregnancy, pregnancy. And I'm like, somebody is pregnant. And then as I'm mulling over, I'll hear in my own voice, like, a, a, a name, you know? And then I'll be like, that person. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's not. And then I'll just, it, it's almost like the, how I know is because it just keeps popping back up into my mind. So then I'll reach out to that person. I go, look, I don't know. Are you pregnant? And they'll be like, I'm a week pregnant. Like, I, yeah, or I just, yeah. right? or like so a month, early. something like a month. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, I just, I just found, found out. out a week ago. I something. just found I haven't out. told anybody. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that that's kind pretty of, nutty. so that's, that, that happens a lot to me. And I also get a lot of reoccurring dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I dream a lot of lions trying to get into a door and, and doors and having to lock these doors. And usually when I dream of lions, and again, this is over years of trying to, and that's another thing. If somebody tells you, if you dream of a cup filled halfway, that it means this, it's like, it's all subjective. Like, yeah. no one it matters thing. on the person. Yeah. 100%. No there one There are thing. some common ones. Like, if you dream of your teeth falling out, that's a worry dream. Like a stress dream. It's yeah. a stress dream. I so grew up learning like that, that it was like, like death. what are you stressed about? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, and so I, I believe that, like, if you grew up thinking that that's a stress dream, I grew up, uh, my mom taught me that if you dream of somebody's teeth falling out, you're going to know if somebody passed away. So oh. what I believe, so, yeah, when whatever's trying to communicate to you, yeah. right? So whether you believe in God or high power or not, whatever, if there is something greater than us that is trying to communicate with you, they will use imagery that you know to forewarn you or tell you about something. That happens all the time. Or in even dreams. if you want to take all of that out and just have it focus on yourself, if I believe that teeth falling out is a stress dream, 
it's a way that I can look at my own dreams mm-hmm. and and kind of like you know interpret what's going on in my life. Totally. So it helps I you assess. A, yeah, if I have a dream about teeth falling, my teeth falling out, then I can wake up and go, "Girl, you stressed. Mm-hmm. Let's do a face mask. Let's get a pedicure. Yeah. Let's relax. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, it, yeah. It, and I think exactly. dreams are there to help us. I feel like it's it's all there. Like whenever I get a dream about a pregnancy. Usually it's a person who's miscarried a couple times. So maybe it's just, or like somebody who's like, you know, afraid. And, and I, oh, I, I don't always know, but I just know that at least it's confirmation that the baby will come to terms. So like, don't worry about it. You know what I mean? I that kind of like stuff. That. So you gotta like, you know, it's all for somebody else. It's all to either help you or for someone else. I've had, oh my God, I have so many dreams. But this is another one that I think this is weird. I don't know if we're kind of along this, but it's keeping it weird, right? Always. Always. It's gonna sound crazy. I don't care. Let's I'm do about it. to say some really crazy okay. stuff. So you can go as crazy town as you want. I'm so excited. I have literally fought demons in my sleep. So uh, I'll explain. Um, one specifically that I remember having, um, I had this dream, and I write all of my dreams down. Were you staying at a hotel? That's another one. Oh, I, okay. I fight demons okay. all the time in my sleep, <laughs> no. by the way. She's like, I'm a warrior. Um, I'm <laughs> a fucking warrior. Um, it, but funny enough, I find that these uh, at this activity increased once I got married. The first time I had oh. one was... Actually, that might not be true, but the, what I've been noticing them more often after I got married. Okay. This one specifically. So in this dream, there was a woman who was standing in front of me. She had long black hair like in the like Ringu movies, right? She seemed normal. And as I approached her and got closer, she started to contort. And a lot of the times when I'm having dreams with demons, a lot of them contort. Which was why in that movie that we saw, that you saw the, the boy, boy. When that thing started contorting, I was that like, no. contorting man. It makes me feel a certain way. And yeah. I, I have a hard time watching these movies, P.S., because I go... Just say Jesus! Because I'm like, because in my dreams, like that's how I Put thought. a cross in front of What the hell is the Lord? Like, get the Lord up in here and it's done. <laughs> I, I told Stephen oh I have this God. idea where I'm like, I want to like do a series where like, if Hispanics were in this movie, done. <laughs> Jesus candle lit, cross up in your face, and you'd be taking a bath in like rose water and like the like Christ around oh, you. Oh my god. So but they don't have them in that movie because the movie would end too quickly. In his back, yeah, yeah it'd be like done. Right They'd be away. done. Oh, the movie's over. Everyone's right. fine. So anyway, so this thing started contorting and um, I was fighting with it. I had my hands, uh, like we were like kind of like had our hands locked together and I'm like pushing each other in the hands, me and this demon. And I'm like, and I cry out to God and I go, help me, help me. And immediately, I believe it was Jesus. He said to me, you already have the power of my name inside of you. And I was like, uh, okay. So then immediately I just started saying Jesus, like really loud. And I'm not the only, my husband has had dreams like that. Well, he'll just go, Jesus. And like a yeah. light will come in. So that's what I did. And I immediately felt like power in me. And then the demon started uh, convulsing, contorting and left. Um, huh. So I've had dreams like that before. I had a dream once when I was first married. Um, I was in a hotel room. I hadn't lived here yet, but I was staying downtown. We were layover from Hawaii back to New York. And uh, this demon that looked like, I don't even know what, it was like a furry blue monster thing, but it just screamed in my face. And I woke up from my dream screaming and Steven was like, felt a presence and felt weird. And I had to have him like walk me to the bathroom because I was legitimately scared, but I was like the first time I had that kind of dream. But since then I've learned how to battle them in my sleep. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And they torment me. And usually what I found, and I'll end on this one. Um, I had this one dream. Um, where the, the devil, 
uh, came to my uh, door, and he looked like a... Oh, God, who's the guy who sings that song? Y'all will be there. Oh, ooh, Michael McDonald? What? Michael McDonald. Yeah. I guess it's from a, a specific. Michael it McDonald. Must be from, from like, Karate Kid 2. No. Like, what is happening? <laughs> oh, it's from an album called The Dude. Anyway, produced by Quincy Jones. Check okay. It out. Okay. Um, so, we and Ashley were both like, what is this happening? sweet woman singing right now? She's gone cray. Uh, so anyway, he looked like Michael McDonald. He had a beard and everything, and he was at my mom's uh, front door. Where there was a window, and he was on the other side, so he wasn't inside the house. And um, in this dream, um, he was like, let me in, let me in. And I said, no. I was like, no, I'm not letting you in. You're the devil. Get away. So, uh, and then he led me on this long journey, which I don't remember because I had it written down, but he led me on this long journey, which ended uh, me in this one specific place where I was about to get beheaded. And um, God was, I was like, no. And 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 and, and it, it had stopped. And how the uh, dream had ended was almost like, you know, when you're watching a movie, and then the person's about to die, and all of a sudden, like, you zoom in quickly, like a camera into their eye, and you realize they were just dreaming the entire time. Uh-huh. So I had one of those moments in the dream where I woke up, and I was still in the dream, and God was showing me that um, I had allowed, and then, uh, oh, it ended with the devil going, you should have let me in. And, like, he, like, left, like, really, Ooh. like, ominous. And I learned from that dream that I allowed, I opened up a door for the enemy to come in and torment me. Uh, whether it be through stress or I just, or the way that I speak, you know, if I'm saying like things that are like hopeless, you know, when you're going through hard times. Mm-hmm. So there's power in the words that we speak. Anyway, um, so when I learned that, I, I said, oh, okay. And I had had a span where I was like constantly fighting demons in my dreams. So Yikes. I just think that like our minds is this open door. And if we are open and more intuitive, we can receive messages from uh, beyond. obviously, this, yeah, beyond mm-hmm. the supernatural world or whatever. Yeah. And especially you mean you can receive, like, if I were to have those dreams, I guarantee instead of in my dreams it wouldn't be demons and god it would be like aliens got it you know what i mean so it would be the same it would be the same messages being sent to me yes through Through whatever thing that i would understand yes right because it's however your brain is going to understand as a christian that's why maria is getting the demon and the god messages she's receiving her messages from god you'd be getting your messages from whatever form you believe in (laughs) whatever you choose to believe in and grab on (laughs) michael miscavige or what's his name miscavige oh miscavige (laughs) come to you in your dream and tell you things but yeah you can well, of course, get messages still the same way Maria does. It just might look different. For yeah, you. it's going to look however I'm going to understand it the most. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like that's a nice so, wrap up. Yes. So I'm going to now go into some theories of how premonitions and precognition are real mm. or can be real. Okay. Tell that us. Don't necessarily have anything to do with being a psychic or like having psychic abilities. Right. Mm. Um, and those dreams that you had, the battling the demons yeah. dreams, those will fit in very nicely too. So oh, good. Oh, so, good. Oh, We're just doing a real great job <laughs> right now. <laughs> there are a ton of theories on dreams involving the multiverse theory, uh, and even the alternate timeline theory, which we talked about a lot on Glitch in the Maria. Basically, that when you are unconscious... Your subconscious is able to tap into those other universes and timelines, and you are able to get a glimpse of what's happening to yourself or that version of you in that world, in that timeline or that multiverse, which is why 
Dreams involve all the senses. Most people have sights and sounds in their dreams. A great number of people also have smells and touch. And some people, I don't, some people even have taste in their dreams. What? I never experienced that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's your subconscious that's sending the signals to your body telling you that you are experiencing those things. That's kind of how people rationalize it. But like, what if you are literally transferring your subconscious Mm -hmm. into you on another timeline or whatever your counterpart is in another universe in, in you know another universe on our same plane okay. i thought about that because i said to steve i was like my husband steve i was like what if time travel is possible but it's your your your, your consciousness yeah not travel your physical back. body right your consciousness so are, we haven't mm-hmm. figured out how to transport our bodies but what if we figure out how to trans because and, and, and i'm, I'm not going to take up time here but i've heard in like uh, witchcraft or all that kind of stuff that people are able to like leave like their spirits are able to like leave their bodies mm-hmm. and torment other people in their sleep yes like astral well that was you know a huge kind of ghost story like boogeyman story that mm-hmm. witches could actually do that but it's based off of astral projection which people have claimed to be able to do especially while oh. meditating or sleeping yeah seeing their body I've had that where yeah, I've seen my where body. Yeah, you've, like, actually left your body and seen your body. Yeah. And, of course, you know, the debunking of that is you were just having a dream. But there are some people who have actually said, especially when you are unconscious for, say, like, a surgery. Like, I read right. a story once about a guy who was having surgery. He saw himself having surgery. He saw the doctor operating on him. And in the room, in the operating room, he saw the doctor accidentally knock his Game Boy on the floor. And when he did that, the batteries popped out. And one of them rolled under the table that he was laid out on, the hospital bed, Mm -hmm. and behind a wheel. And the doctor, like, had the nurse, because he couldn't, because he had his gloves on, had the nurse get down, grab the Game Boy and the battery. They couldn't find the other battery. When he woke up from surgery, he... The first thing he did was he told the doctor where the battery was because he literally watched it roll under no the way. bed. My biggest the question is why is there a Game Boy in the surgery? <laughs> yeah. Well, I <laughs> take the Game Boy out of the operating room. I actually room. think that from <laughs> the operating room, I don't think that this was like, I don't think they were performing surgery on this time. I okay. think he was still kept under with anesthesia at this okay. time. So I, got, they were in a I think the doctor, like, by this time? I think, yeah, I think the doctor like, went in to like check his vitals. That actually is hilarious. Um, <laughs> so, oh, and we, what we talked about earlier. Um, the signals that are sent to your body telling you that what you're experiencing is real, which is why. When you dream things pleasant, you wake up feeling nice. When you dream things horrible, you wake up feeling, like, actually horrible. You feel like you actually got cheated on or you feel like you actually had someone close to you die, whatever, whatever. But what if what you were dreaming was real? It was actually happening on a different plane of consciousness or in a parallel universe. And the only time you could actually access it is when your brain is turned off. Mm-hmm. Um, this would also give credence to premonitions. If there are other universes where the version of ourself is more advanced or possibly the creatures that inhabit that universe or possibly if God is part of that universe, they could send us messages and warnings through our dreams. Absolutely. If we are able to transfer our consciousness yeah. to a more advanced universe, mm-hmm. that advanced universe 
could potentially be able to send messages. That makes okay. a lot of sense because if you meditate, I heard, I saw, I read a lot too, like meditation, people who meditate are able to do that a lot. Yeah. And meditation and prayer are not too far apart. Yeah. Um, they're very, very closely close. related. Yeah. And I did notice that when I prayed more and I was really more active spiritually in that way, my, uh, like dreams would be more uh, prophetic or foretelling or, or all that other kind of yeah. stuff. They still happen, but I felt like there was a time where the frequencies were like... Yeah, I was reading an article. I was talking a little bit about before you got here. I was reading an article that a psychic wrote. So, I mean, it's whether you want to hold on to that belief or take it with a grain of salt. There mm-hmm. you go. But the psychic was basically saying, yes, I was born with this intuition and I can see see visions consistently. And if someone asks me to find something for them, I can usually search my brain and find it. But she said, however, if you're looking to be communicated with a little more easily, meditation is the best way. And she wrote this long article, which I was going to share a little bit, but maybe not today. Maybe we could include it in our newsletter or something. But she has all these ways that people have successfully meditated and gotten some sort of message, whether they believed it was from God or Absolutely. some world beyond Inside or another themselves. universe. Or, yeah, if yeah. their conscience was just telling them something. But through meditation and just opening your mind to that, it's like those are the times you're going to see some sort of, you can say, quote, unquote, vision or mm-hmm. some sort of message. And I think that's really cool that even if someone like me who gets zero premonitions, maybe if I was able to calm the fuck down meditate for a hot minute, which is very challenging for me because I'm a very anxious person. I could, you know, know A, a little bit more about myself, but B, maybe, you know, see more things around me that I'm not noticing. And, yeah. you know, it would give me some guidance. It will. And that's what it's there for. You know, in meditation, you're not supposed to have a completely clear mind. I mean, you can't, if you're like a, you know, Buddhist monk who's been a Buddhist monk his whole life, yes, your mind could be clear, but the point of meditation is that when a thought pops into your brain, you acknowledge that thought, Mm -hmm. and then you push it to the side, and you try and clear your mind again. Yes. And uh, when you do that, those persistent thoughts, Mm -hmm. whether they're coming from yourself or it's something being sent to you, you know the importance by... There's a cat in the litter box. Yes, there's a cat. <laughs> or my dragon is just scaling. Or your dragon is Penny. working hard over there. Penny, don't quiet make me down. come over there. Quiet don't down, do Pen it. Pen. I am gonna go get her out because my next theory is bonkers. Hey, what? we need silence from the cat. We need silence, silence from, from the, the cat. cat. Box, please, we need silence from the uh, cat. Hold, hold the cat. Hold, hold the cat. cat. Hold scratching. <laughs> and. You. Action. Okay, so this one's crazy, uh, but to bring it back around to the last episode you came on, Mm -hmm. Glitch in the Maria, premonitions could also be a glitch in the Matrix. If we are to look (laughs) at the Matrix as an actual computer program, that would mean that our subconscious is a form of code that is uploaded into the program. That all of us are connected on that level as a written code. So having a premonition of, say, 9-11 or a natural disaster, it could have to do with our code being affected by a major change in the program. That is crazy town. What? But that's actually, you know, Made my if eyes you cross win, a little bit. Yeah, I was like, but hello? if you win. the collective unconscious? Is yes. That, okay. Yes, that's exactly what it is. That one's crazy. I totally understand that was crazy. But there are a lot of people that do believe that we are in the Matrix. That would be where premonitions come in. Mm-hmm. If we were a part of the Matrix, if we were a piece of code in a computer program, 
it would be that we sense things when something's been rewritten and changed in the code. Uh-huh. Like a major disaster, a major event. Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of people dying. Okay. One of my favorite theories is that we have a sixth sense. Yes. Which like we that. do. ESP boo. Yeah, it <laughs> is, you know, it is something that has been tested. The government's done tests on it. Right. It's a thing. So, and animals have it. Yes. 100%. Oh. So, animal, animals can actually predict natural disasters. So, in 2004, just ahead of the tsunami that hit the Asian coastlines, flamingos abandoned their low-lying breeding areas for higher ground just before the giant waves made their impact that killed, I don't know, like 280,000, I think it was, 280,000 people. Elephants in Sri Lanka and buffalo in Thailand did the same thing. They got to higher ground before the tsunami before hit, before the earthquake and the tsunami hit. Just warn us, elephants and flamingos. Well, you that's a thing that's going to happen soon, which is really cool. Ooh, so they're training animals to warn? Well, what's happening is... Well, let me finish this. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, make sense, make sense. So yeah, cows actually show lower milk production up to a week before an earthquake. No way. In the 1999 earthquake uh, in Turkey, dogs were howling for hours before the earthquake, and cats and birds behaved unusually for weeks prior. And this is long before seismologists have acquired any information. They have no idea. Like, there's no changes in the earth. Like, there's no movement. There's no trembles. There's no nothing. There's no tremors. Nothing. During World War II, families in Britain and Germany relied on their pets' behavior to warn them of impending air raids, even before official warnings were given. These warnings occurred when enemy lines were still hundreds of miles away, long before the animals could have heard them coming. Hmm. And then in 2014, there was an earthquake in Los Angeles. It wasn't huge, but it was big enough to, like, knock all my pictures down. I remember that one. Gabby was acting so strange the day before... And she even woke me up a few hours before the earthquake. She jumped out of the window above my bed and onto my shoulder. And I wasn't even back to sleep before the quake hit. Oh, my gosh. And if we want to take it to humans, so all of the planes, we talked about this last episode, all of the planes that were involved in the attacks on 9-11 were at an average of 34% capacity. Right. Uh Uh-huh. So do we have the ability as well? Yes. I think yes. yes. I think <laughs> so too. I think that it's something that we don't have to use a lot anymore. Yeah. Because of advancements in technology. Sure. We have But I warnings. absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, there's uh, Native American tribes actually use animal behavior to determine things like that too. Like mm-hmm. if, if, if they saw the animals were all, you know, heading west mm-hmm. at a random time. They fucking headed west. They followed them. They know right. something that we don't know. Same. I would if I saw a flock of seagulls just flying <laughs> off or like and yeah. I'm like, we're going that we way. We need to we're go where they're going. Yeah. yeah. If you saw a chunk of animals that big all hurtling towards the same Migrating direction, I'd or something follow. like yes. outside of their usual migration. Totally. Pattern. I would hop in the car. So and what they're them. actually doing, which is really cool, is they're trying to set up in different cities, uh, like an animal watch sort of Almost like, I think it was called like Animal Watch 911 or something like mm-hmm. that. So basically, if you're noticing strange behavior in your animals, you can call a specific number and report it. That's dangerous. And, yeah. Well, that's the thing is that they're going to get a lot of whack jobs. They're going to get totally. a lot of like garbage. That's, the, that's how they're There'll trying to figure out. They're trying it. to figure out like how they can actually make it work without Perfecting. all the garbage. But if say all of a sudden 
they're getting a shit ton of reports from Florida, that could show them there's going to be a hurricane in Florida. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, like if all the pythons have been sent out into Florida. Yeah. all the dogs are like storm. upset in Florida and like howling yeah. and like whining and yeah. whatever, whatever, and they're getting all these reports, they could actually have some sort of like early warning sign based on the behavior of animals in different parts of the world. That's pretty Which would awesome. be awesome. They're trying to do it now, but again, you got to like wait out all the crackpots. What totally. they really should do is do something online, like an online database. Yeah. Where it's like no one has to actually do it, but if like bing, 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 they're getting a ton of stuff and like shit from a certain area, yeah. that's when you need to go right. be careful. Well, that's the scariest part. It's not even just natural disasters. I mean, the dogs predicting the air raids in World yeah. War II. That's like they nice. had no idea that yeah. that could have been coming. I wonder if we can train animals to detect that kind of stuff. No, like, like, I'm going to need your ESP to <laughs> pick up that ESP dog. I um, want animals to for sure predict earthquakes because I hate earthquakes I so know. much. I'm like, I'm going to need my dog in the future to let me know. Well, Gabby <laughs> predicted it, but you know, and now at this point, when she starts acting like that again, I actually prepare myself. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't would know do when the same. it's coming. Sure, I have no idea when it's coming. How crazy it's going to be? Like that. But at least just like, you're a rumble, little rumble, more rumble, rumble, rumble. Yeah, yeah. So we also have the collective consciousness, yes. like you said, which totally, yeah, like yeah. of course. I right. mean, that is across like science. That's across religion. Yeah. Everyone's connected. We are all part of the same. Yes. Thing. So certain people, and, and also this would explain premonitions in a way that like certain people, it's not necessarily that you have like a psychic ability and you're able to see the f- future, mm-hmm. but you have a strong connection to a specific person or people in your life. Mm. So we won't oh, yeah. talk a lot about it because we have a whole episode on twins, but yes. twins, you know, knowing like I knew that my sister broke her arm because my arm hurt. Right. Like I knew my right. sister was in tr- my twin sister was in trouble because I had an anxiety attack and then I found the out that she time. was that this was happening. To yeah. Her. And it could be the same thing of like dreaming that someone got into a car accident or dreaming that someone got hurt. It's because you have that strong connection with that person right. that you're able to, like, tap into, like, what they're going through yeah, or, like, what's happening to them. It yeah. happens amongst married couples. Do you experience that? Yeah, like, I with do. With you? I can sure. feel Steven's energy. I'd be like, oh, you just... And I'll even say what I think he's thinking, and he'll laugh. I go, I knew that's what you were thinking in that moment. And it's just because you know them so much. Right. Like, I, don't, I think energy... I mean, that kind of stuff is not... I mean, it's supernatural in some way, but I don't think it's as supernatural as we think. I think it's totally. like we all pick up energy. Yeah. yeah, I think everyone can pick up energy and vibes as well, everyone and especially calls it from when another you person. Know someone so well, totally. Mm-hmm. Like because I can see when Alex is feeling it's a like certain thing immediately because I just know his face or yeah. a certain yeah. stuff. Like anything he does, it can be the smallest little twitch, and I'll be like, I know what you're thinking right now, and you better stop it. <laughs> right. And it's like you yeah. just read it. It's an instinctual thing. Mm-hmm. Like humans are extremely instinctual like we we have great in- instincts we just yeah. don't have to use them as much anymore totally i don't know why but i know women are more intuitive than them, oh yes. i don't know 100 that might be an, uh, another episode for you guys unless you sh- i know Bad the opposite the sex, sex yeah oh my God. men yes. like just do not pick up on things half they the really amount don't. that we do it's insane it mm-hmm. is insane. I could talk about that all day. Yes. Like, how did you not know just I was be a, like this one? Cackling heads. I know. I was <laughs> say, that would just turn into like a petty, petty girl chat day. 
Um, so collective consciousness would also explain things like when you get a really bad feeling about someone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that could be a vibes thing as well. But, like, you know, you get a horrible feeling about someone. You don't feel comfortable around them. And then you find out they're Jeffrey Dahmer and they murdered. You know what I mean? And, like, that could be very much so, like, well, he was a creep. But I've even met people sometimes where I'm like, I don't know, man. They just, I get a really bad vibe. Like, I don't feel good around them. Mm -hmm. Like, something's up there. And then later I find out, like, they're huge horrible person right they're a big old jerk yeah yeah there were a couple really interesting studies done on have you ever heard you've heard i think you brought it up earlier dream sharing oh wow sharing yeah like many dreams you both have consciousness Mm -hmm. either two people having the exact same dream right Uh. or they actually did an experiment uh with people where they would show they would have two people And basically what they were trying to do is get this person to study something and this person, person number two, to dream of that thing. So they actually did, would show them pictures of, say, uh, I can't remember the painting. What was it? There was, oh, uh, Krippner, who we talked about. Yes, yes, it was him. So he did uh, one of the experiments what was the painting oh it's called school of dance Mm -hmm. and in the painting it's several young women in a dance class basically it's a classical painting um according to the results after they had group one study this painting over and over group two several people from that group had dreams uh one said i was in a class made up of maybe half a dozen people it felt like a school and one was there was a little girl trying to dance with me one said she was in a ballet class they had no idea what group one was looking at right and studying crazy and group two had dreams of the painting so it's this idea that like we share yeah a consciousness with other people totally but this is crazy sharing consciousness with all creatures Including animals, especially your pets. Are you talking about the three-eyed raven? <laughs> what? Is this a Game of Thrones? Yes. Do you not no. know Game of Thrones? No. Neither oh, of us okay. do. Guys! <laughs> what? I'm about not, to combust. I don't like Game of Thrones. I, and no, and I I've know. literally tried watching it. It's not that just I've never turned it on. I couldn't do it. I but you're missing out on all the incest and the dragons. I know. I know. I've been told. And literally I, my whole Facebook feed is just is covered with people posting Game of well, Thrones. I'm like, I want to be a part of this, but I can't. Not. I can't get into it. It's anyway, too disturbing for I just don't like as to, much as I, I love I don't, horror yeah, movies. I don't, I, can't. Like, I don't like fantasy, really. What? You are I fantasy. Know. You are made out of fantasy. I like oh, science. Fantasy. Like science sci-fi. fiction. Like sci-fi. Like uh, space stuff. But it's something about, like, people wearing armor on horses, and I'm done. Like, I can't do it. Like, like, I I can watch a crazy man run around with a chainsaw, but I don't like watching the people in armor chop each other's heads off. That, to me, is, like, too disturbing and crosses the line. I can't tell you why my brain works that way. Well, let me just tell you, there's a guy, and his name is Bran, and he's the three-dyed raven. Three-dyed. Excuse me. Third-eyed raven. Or three-eyed. I don't know, but he's got three eyes. (laughs) Three eyes. He can see into the future, and he can transport his consciousness into things, People and animals and maybe a dragon. I don't know. Because <laughs> there's dragons in that. I haven't found out yet. It sounds like what Ashley is saying. Sort of. Not at all. No, not at all. Oh, no, there was a study done and it's insane. <laughs> so it was in the 90s. It was in Manchester. It was in England. 
And this woman named Pam Smart had a terrier named JT who would stay with her parents when she worked as a secretary. So the dog would go to the French doors to wait for her every single weekday at about 4.30 p.m., which is when she left for work to head home, and he just waited there until she arrived 45 minutes later. So she worked super routine office hours, so the family just assumed the dog knows when she's getting home. She goes, Mm -hmm. and she, he, he, JT goes and waits by the door for her to get home. So um, she was laid off. In 1993, she was no longer tied to any regular pattern of activity. So her parents never knew when she would be coming home during this time because she was looking for a job. But JT still anticipated her return every single day. Mm. So uh, she was asked to take part in a study in 1994 where they conducted over 100 experiences with this dog, with JT. They would videotape the area by the window where JT waited during Pam's absences providing a continuous time-recorded document of his behavior uh, to check to make sure that JT wasn't reacting to the sound of Pam's car or other vehicles. They investigated whether he still anticipated her arrival when she traveled by different means, bicycle, train, taxi, walking, etc. He always did. They also carried out experiments where Pam would head home at selected times at random after she left home and it was communicated to her by pager, like uh, the whoever was doing the experiment would send her a page. It's like, head home now. And JT still started waiting at the window right around the time Pam began to head home from wherever she was. Even though absolutely no one in the house knew when she would be coming. Her parents weren't in on this. They had no idea when she was being sent home. JT would go to the doors as soon as she started as soon as she started heading home what on earth from wherever she was how does jt know so i have no (laughs) idea the odds against this being a chance effect were more than one hundred thousand to one no skeptics even tried different tests to try and debunk the theory made by this study and received the same results the uh the evidence indicates that jt was reacting to pam's intention to come home even when she was many miles away that's bonkers So the question is, do humans have this ability? And was it stronger at a time where we didn't have telephones, where we didn't have the internet, where we didn't have pagers, where we didn't have blah, 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 blah. Probably. That's the thing is it's so, yeah. Yeah, we don't need it. Constant communication. It's so hard to even measure that now because it's all like text, call, blah, 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 blah. blah. Some people even have location finders on with their friends and their family and their spouses. And it's just like you can see where someone is all the time. Like it'd be so hard to... I feel like during, like, Victorian times, right, there was always, like, a woman sitting at a desk writing, right? And all of a sudden, she'd, like, stare up and she'd go, Tom? And, like, in that moment, Tom was dying. You know? Because in those Victorian times... You see them feel it? They grab their heart? They grab their heart, Tom. And then they get a raven. Well, no, ravens don't get. This is another Game of Thrones. Sorry, they don't get ravens. Oh my god, all the ravens. Oh my god, so many they ravens. Get like a carrier pigeon. Something yeah, telling them that like Tom, yeah, is sick with typhoid. And I feel like we, we need to go back to those times. We do. Yeah, we have too much technology. There's no way to. I mean, it's just because I open lose, up my iPad. I know, like I, I know. We lose. <laughs> I've got my paper. Oh shoot, I printed it from my computer. Uh, <laughs> we lose instincts when we don't need them. Right. right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's been, you know, we've had advanced technology. I mean, even the sending of letters, that's the, that, that communication is still <laughs> yeah. an advancement from right. just like 
you know, spoken word. Yeah. So I, I think we're hearing, but I think word. that like in, in, like you said, we get distracted. So we we're hearing, but we don't know we're hearing totally. And we don't take action on the things that we're hearing. So I feel like, like I said before, if you take action on the things you're hearing or perceiving, it's like trial and error. And then it starts to get stronger. And then you start mm-hmm. to be able to discern whether you're hearing or not. Well, and that that's the sense. thing too, with that study that like Lauren brought up earlier, how the, the, the physiological changes in the body, the skin change, the the uh, heartbeat change, mm-hmm. the, you know, there were actual physical changes in the body, but these people were saying, I didn't feel anything different before I saw the photo. Right. So our bodies are feeling and reacting, but we don't recognize the signals that are being sent to us. Yeah, we don't necessarily know how to recognize them. Maybe certain people do, mm-hmm. and that's why they have visions, but... Yeah, that was actually something I was going to bring up earlier, kind of at the end of my little sciencey talk, was some theories by researchers are that maybe the information that is being given to us at times, even if our body is reacting, but our mind is not, maybe the information is too mundane or not useful. And maybe when there's a message that we really, really need to hear, then the conscious will pick up on it. And it was just sort of a theory of, during these studies, when the body would react, but not the mind or any sort of emotion, there was no reaction in that state. Like, it was because they were showing them really mundane, random pictures and stuff mm-hmm. that wouldn't necessarily be something the body would say, hey, brain, I want you to be in on this, sending the signal. So they're just kind of theorizing maybe the message isn't being processed and sent to our brain because it's something that's not going to be useful for us. But the moment that something is coming and we need to know in order to act and save ourselves or save another person, maybe it'll be processed and sent to the brain. Again, these are things that need to be continued to be studied. Yeah. We have no idea, but I kind of liked that theory that like, hey, maybe it's just because the right message hadn't come along yet, and that's Mm -hmm. why the brain didn't connect Well, I mean, I would have never, had I not seen that spider decal, Mm -hmm. I would have never told my boyfriend about that dream. That's the dumbest dream in the world. I would have never said anything. I almost got final destinationed. You almost oh, got final. Shoot. That is very true, actually. Like, that car could have run death, off the road. And now it's just making its way back to me. Oh, my it was gosh. Just a really How else can you die? Accident. It's going to be in know. some other way. Tetanus. Oh, it's going to be bad. Get that shot. Oh, my God. So we, we know that in order to become better at having premonitions or stronger precognitive abilities. Meditation's one of them. For sure. Writing down your dreams every night. I was going to say dream diaries are so key. Mm-hmm. Yes. I've always so wanted to, key. but I'm just so lazy in the morning. And when you write mm-hmm. in your dream diaries, write everything, specific yes, details. all the details. I write what I'm feeling, even if it doesn't make sense. I just write everything down. Colors, numbers, if you hear something, write it all down. And not only that, it not only is it good for you to, one, it helps you develop clearer dreams if mm-hmm. you are someone who wants to dream more. I know, like, Joe never dreams, but he hates dreaming, like, remembering his dreams. Of course. You know what I mean? He just <laughs> hates it. He always, like, gets emotionally affected by it, so he'd rather just not remember that. Got it. But if you are someone who wants to develop your dreams, if you want to attempt to have, like, lucid dreams where you can control right. what's happening in your dream, mm-hmm. dream journaling is the best way to Truly. do it. Yeah. Yeah. But Keeping then also you have a written record. So if you're yes. like, I think I've dreamed that before. Look in you your can records. actually yes. go back and say, yes, I did. On June 4th, 2015, yes. I dreamt this yeah. thing. It is recurring instead right. of, I think that was. I think I dreamt this before. Right. 
But maybe I That's why I started keeping a dream journal is because of my deja vu moment where I was like 98% sure it was just deja vu and my mind was tricking itself. So now I keep a dream journal Mm -hmm. to see if those instances are real. But like I said, my dream journal is garbage because my (laughs) dreams have made no sense. But yeah, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> I've had some interesting ones, so I shouldn't say yeah. it's all garbage. I just giggle at myself sometimes in the morning because the dreams will be yeah. so just like broken and in a half asleep state. But I've had a couple interesting ones. I have yet to have anything that has come true or like I'll have a dream about a friend and I call that friend and nothing's happened to them. So, so far my dreams are just dreams mm-hmm. according to my journal, but I'm going to keep tracking them, guys. What about yeah. the toe? Yeah, that was the only time my sister had some weird fungus on her toe, and I dreamt that her toe was, like, green and weird before she even told me about it. But that's it. The toe, guys. (laughs) (laughs) The toe. So, I mean, I guess that is, that's some things. I remember, like, as soon as she told me, I was like, I just dreamt this the other night. Yeah. And it was when she, like, came out to visit me. I had had a dream, like, the day before she arrived, and then we were putting on sandals to, like, go walk around because it was a nice day, and she was like, oh my god, I haven't worn sandals in forever, because it's winter in Illinois, but don't judge me, because like, I have this weird fungus on my toe, and it looks really weird, but don't worry, you won't catch it, and I was like, oh my god, I dreamt you had a fungal toe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's, anyway. Uh, those are the things in my mind. Um, I have some famous premonitions. Yes, please. <laughs> I'm going to change the subject, because I'm embarrassed that that's my life. Anyway... Okay, so Sharon Tate, guys. We know Sharon Sharon? Tate as that Prager's lady that died, and she was married to Rome Polanski and those Mansons, and that was me summarizing the situation. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was actually much sadder than what Lauren just said. Yes, it was a much sadder situation that involved many people, and Sharon Tate was one of them. But I think we know the story, because I think we've talked about it probably. Yeah, we've talked about this podcast. story. But, um, yes, Sharon Tate. In 1966, actress Sharon Tate was hiding inside a bedroom at her ex-boyfriend's home. All day, she had been unable to shake a horrible sense of foreboding. She was now trying to sleep the feeling off. Then she saw a man enter the room. She recognized him as Paul Byrne, the house's former owner. The only problem was that Byrne had committed suicide years before. Sharon fled from the ghostly figure down the stairs where she saw a figure with its throat cut open. She fixed herself a drink and headed back upstairs, once again hallucinating the victim on the stairs and Byrne's ghostly form. In the years that followed, Sharon became increasingly convinced that the dead figure on the stairs was her. She told as many people as she could about what had happened during the night, but that did nothing to save her, unfortunately, because three years later, two weeks away from giving birth, Sharon and her unborn child became victims of Charles Manson and his Manson family cult. She was stabbed to death, and some crime reports state that she was hanged from a rafter in the living room. The house where she died stood just a mile away from where she had seen that ghostly premonition before. Interesting. So she had told multiple people about this, which is how it's public knowledge now that she is deceased. So I thought that was an interesting one. What? That's very interesting. I didn't know that. The But what came to my head that I wanted to bring up, too, uh, because when you were telling this, I thought it was like a couple weeks before that she had this dream. Right. It was kind of long. And it made me think of, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but premonitions, precognition, psychic abilities kind of increase when you are with child. Ah. Women who are pregnant 
have an increase in paranormal activity, Mm. an increase in um, those prophetic dreams, an increase in... that's interesting. Yes. So, you know, a lot of people, again, to debunk that, will say, well, your body's going through a lot of changes. There's a lot of different chemicals going through your body. So it might not actually be happening. Right. But if you think of it as, okay, science aside, spiritually, what's happening? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, the creation of life giving you those extra instinctual... Yeah. Right. Getting those motherly instincts yeah. a little early as you're still Your sixth sense kind of being a little bit more... Your third eye being a little bit more expanded yeah. because now you have a child. And you're right. caring for you're it. Yeah. For it. Oh, that is interesting. It. But in this case, she wasn't even she pregnant, wasn't pregnant yet. Yeah. When so she which saw is this, why I was like, like what? what? I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> no, and I yeah. love that because I didn't know that. So yeah. I'm glad you shared that. But then in this case, I'm like, why was Sharon seeing that? And she had such a strong feeling that the deceased person was her. And then she dies. Like, that's just nutty to me. I have something in my eyeball. So I thought. <laughs> is it a vision? It's is it a, a vision. vision. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> this one is very sad because it involves the Sandy Hook shooting. Oh, God. Um, uh, yeah, which it's just very sad. This is very brief, so we won't dwell on it too long. But these are just some interesting premonitions and feelings and hunches that I had never read about before. Um, Logan Dreyer attended Sandy Hook Elementary School until two weeks before the tragic shooting that killed 20 children and six adults. Logan's mother, Karen, had become increasingly worried when the five-year-old boy started having panic attacks in school. Doctors could find nothing wrong with Logan. When the principal tried to soothe him, his mother said he would scream, No, no, it's not a safe place. I'm scared. The boy visited friends during the time he was at home, but he became very upset during these visits. As though, claims his mother, he knew something terrible would soon hit them. The tragedy happened in December 2012. Karen Dreyer, Logan's mom, believes her son had vivid premonitions about the shooting, though skeptics point out that they were probably just unrelated panic attacks and it was something totally separate. Karen says Logan inherited his grandmother's psychic abilities, Mm -hmm. and that is what saved his life. Yep. And that's what happened. Mm -hmm. I believe. (laughs) I fully believe. I am actually a skeptic about premonitions. Like, not a big one. I'm not... I think there's so much to prove that they absolutely could be real, but I've just never had one. So to me, it's so foreign. And like when you guys tell me these amazing stories you've had, I'm like, wow, that's crazy. How is that real? I don't get it. Um, But with this story, like that's just insane that two weeks prior, he's having panic attacks and saying this isn't a safe place. Mm -hmm. How, what, how else are you going to? There was another story I read again with kids. I think kids also have a very, because they haven't been told it's ridiculous yet. Yeah, they still haven't been told that it's wrong and that, you know, to believe in it is wrong or evil or whatever whatever the world tells you it's about their this sort of thing. Their mind it's their imagination. Is open. Their mind yeah. is completely open. It's still it's learning new things. It's fascinated all the time. And there was another story of kids as well who and I wish I could remember where it was. It didn't write the story down. I think I saved it. It'll probably be in the newsletter. But there was some sort of mudslide that killed an entire school of children mm. and the mother one of the mother of the the children who passed away said that a week before her daughter said she had a dream where the whole school was covered in in black mm-hmm. like black goo mm-hmm. um and she said that she wasn't afraid to die uh because she would be with her friends like joey and amanda i don't remember what their names were and she ended up being buried 
right next to those two kids that she had told her mom, like, I'm not afraid to die because I'm going to be with them. No way. And in the, like, mass grave, oh. like, memorial, she was right next to those two kids oh that she gosh. had mentioned. That's insane. Yeah. But also kind of sweet that she got to be with her friends. I mean, I know it's a morbid way to look at it. Yeah. But, like, they were, she knew she was going to be with those two people. Yeah. Wow. But, you know, they. it's hard because kids say... Kids say the darndest thing. I was thing. just oh, going to say that. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like, do. if your like, kid came up to you, you'd be like, okay, you I believe be like, you're not going me. to school. Like, <laughs> you probably you... should, because then there's moments like this. Seriously, like, if a child, like, if one of my nephews or nieces came up to me and said something like like that, I'd, I'd be like, tell me more. Let's take this seriously. That is just, like, my... Oh, know. yeah. If a, if a child came up to me and was like, we can't go to the mall today because we'll die, I'd be like, guess we're staying home. Oh, yeah. one hundred percent. I would buy that, yeah. I think it depends on what they're saying. I think they can absolutely say some imaginary and ridiculous sure. things. But if it was like, we're going to die if we get in the car, Mama, I'll be like, oh, well, well we're staying we'll indoors today. Yeah. yeah. Take a bike. Take a bike. Take a bike. Stationary bike because you're staying home. No. <laughs> Do you have any more? I just these have one more. Yeah, okay. I know. These are, I actually have several more, but some of them are a little longer. And I so I just wanted to do the little bit of quicker ones. But, um. For 10 nights in a row, when was this? I don't know if there's a year on this, but it was American Airlines Flight 191, if you guys remember this, yeah. that had a bad crash. But um, for 10 nights in a row, oh, 1970, there it is. Mm. David Booth had the same nightmare. While deep in sleep, he would witness a jetliner veering off a runway, flipping completely over and bursting into flames. Booth had the nightmare so many times that he finally felt compelled to inform the FAA about his dreams. Officials actually did listen to what he had to say, and they concluded he was probably dreaming of a Boeing 727 or perhaps a DC-10 plane. On the day that David Booth had his final nightmare, American Airlines DC-10 Flight 191 crashed just a few moments after takeoff. One of the plane's engines broke loose, causing an imbalance. The plane flipped over on the runway and burst into flames. All 273 passengers died. Ugh. And he called someone. He called officials he to say it. So it's like, it yeah. so again, this is like someone else heard it. All of these stories are an example of like the story was told to someone else. So it's not just this guy saying, I dreamt it. I dreamt it. Like mm-hmm. he told officials and they're like, oh, I think we know what plane you're trying to describe. But all of our planes passed their inspection. So sorry about it. And then this happened. Wow. Well, I have I I don't want to go into too much detail because I get way too emotional when I talk about it because it's one of the most traumatic things that's ever happened to me. But one time I had a dream um, that a young girl was being uh, sexually assaulted and murdered and chopped up Mm -hmm. and thrown in a bag into a ditch and I was like seeing it from her perspective and it was I mean it was so horrifying that I woke up immediately went to the bathroom threw up was like sobbing on the floor mm-hmm. uh I was with my my ex at the time not ex he was my boyfriend at the time um who literally from my reaction he thought that someone close to me had died mm-hmm. because I was I was so inconsolable he couldn't even get out of me like what I had experienced right. and I knew that it was real and I knew that it was happening or was going to happen, and I was so upset. I mean, I didn't sleep the rest of the night. I was sick. And the next day at work, 
I wasn't doing work. I was researching. <laughs> I was literally, I was just looking up uh, missing children in Los Angeles, missing children in North Hollywood. I figured it had to be someone very close to me. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to figure out uh, who was missing. And I was going to call and literally give all the information that I saw in the dream. Because right. I saw who was doing this to her in the dream. You saw a detailed and face? And I saw a detailed face. Oh. And I saw another detailed face. I saw two detailed faces of who was doing this to her in the dream, and I was going to call and give, like, I, I really was prepared to, like, right. call, give a description, say I know what happened to her, what's going to happen to her. I didn't care that I was going to sound like a crazy person. Right, because right. you just, you had a knowing this was I something. I just knew. Yeah. I couldn't find any missing kids. I ended up looking through, like, the missing children database, like, for the whole country, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually, um, I Googled... Something else. I don't even remember what I Googled. Something about, like, young girl murdered. It turns... I saw her. The face. Same face. Same girl. Wow. She had been dead for, like, half a year at the time. Okay. And they found her uh, sexually abused uh, in multiple pieces in a bag in a ditch. Okay. Everything that I had dreamed. Wow. Her name was Jessica. Um, I... I mean, I knew her from, like, the moment I saw her. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's her. Holy shit. I thought she was still just going to be missing and, like, assumed murdered. But, right. no, she died months and months and months ago. The thing was going to trial. Like, they already had someone. And one of the faces from my dream was there. The boy who was convicted of her, her murder was there. Okay. Um, and he, I believe he ended up going to jail for this. Because this was in 2000, like, 2013, 2014, 2013, I think. He's already in jail. He was, like, a 17-year-old kid, really disturbed, 17 or 18, very disturbed, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But there was the other guy in the dream. And I was sitting there, like, I know that there was someone else in that dream. Right. Yeah. Who's this other guy? Who is this other guy? Who is this him? other guy? I, no. So I looked through every article I could find, every news story I could find. Eventually, there was a court picture of the boy I think his name was Brandon. And behind him was his family. And his father was the guy, the other guy in my dream. And his father was actually questioned at one point about his involvement. And eventually, like, dismissed. Dismissed. Did you do anything with that? I didn't. Because I didn't. I thought, like, at this point. He was totally involved. At this point, what am I going to. If I call and say that, they're going to go, thanks, lady. You know what I I mean? Like, you planted a seed. You would have planted a seed. Because there's purpose behind that dream. I think think the reason. I think you absolutely had that dream for the point of seeing the dad. Because why else? The other guy was in jail. The girl is dead. It's clearly not to prevent it from happening. I think you literally had this dream for the other guy. This took place in Colorado. This took place in Colorado. Nowhere near me. Yeah. This was not something that I could... I don't watch the news because I have nightmares. So I don't watch the news. I scroll past the news on Facebook. The only news I watch is involving Rob Lowe and his paranormal TV show. Like, I don't... Like, dude, I feel like you had that dream to convict this other guy, the dad. Yeah. Like, why else? I I just thought if I called and said that, they would be like, you're a crackpot. I mean, it may be, but... But that's the kind of stuff that deters us from helping, because there are so many times when I have these, uh, like, 
prophetic dreams where I go, they're going to think I'm crazy. I have one dream about a girl that I knew that I did improv with that I have yet to tell her. And I always pray, like, I'm like, all right, if you really want me to say something to this woman about whatever it is that you you have me dreaming about her, then, like, really push me to do it because I'm going to sound crazy. But there's purpose behind that. No, I have a question for you, though. Did you feel anything? Because you said you were seeing it from her perspective. Mm -hmm. Was there anything that you felt from her? Like, because there could also be something there. Oh, right, connecting to her. Do you remember? Good, I mean, I felt everything she was going through. Like, I felt the the abuse. And even the thing that was scary is that, you know, in the dream, I was in sort of like what looked like kind of a basement uh, with like stairs coming down. The dad was on the stairs and the dad didn't actually do anything. He just saw what was happening okay. and then eventually went back up the stairs and closed the door. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of like the dad knew and did nothing to did stop nothing his son. To make it right. stop. Um, but then reading it, it was like, oh, he did this to her in his bedroom. And I was like, oh, well, that's not what I dreamed. But then I would read a next article that was like, his bedroom was the basement of the house. And mm. it was like, that's everything exactly kept connecting. Dream. I don't know, man. Um, but I felt nice. everything. I didn't feel anything as the. I didn't feel as though she was like saying, you know, anything remember you this or do this right. or whatever. I literally it just feeling it was the as if that it was happening to me. Yeah. And there were moments where I could like see myself. Which was Jessica. Yeah. And there were moments where I was Jessica. And it just alternated back and forth. Well, I mean, I think that it's important for anybody listening who has these kinds of dreams also just, like, don't don't underestimate it. I know it's kind of like a fine line we have to sort of walk where it's like, well, I don't want to overreact and, you know, whatever. Yeah, what... But there's purpose behind these dreams, and oftentimes even the smallest, most insignificant thing that we think can be a healing agent to somebody else. Because these dreams and these things are to help other people. Mm-hmm. To help yourself, help other people, and all that other kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, I don't know, man. That dream yeah, really sticks me, with me. For yeah, you. it was hard because it was like, what do I do? Right, what do I even do in this situation? What how, do I do? Why would how I How can I this? help? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I did feel like a crackpot, though, because I printed out, like, seven articles. I printed out photos of her. I printed out photos of him. I printed out the fo- one photo I could find of his father, and then I eventually found... Searched his father. Uh, he had been arrested before. Mm. So he was in, and he like left town right after the girl went missing. And like mm. it was a whole thing. Yes, yeah, yeah, 100%. I know that he is. That could be a clairvoyant dream because I was just looking up the difference between premonition or precognitive dreams and uh-huh. clairvoyant dreams. I'll just read it real quick. It says dreams uh, where we have physically connected with an object or situation in the world are referred to as clairvoyant dreams. These remarkable really? dreams mm-hmm. include mm-hmm. dreams of natural disasters and noteworthy social events. Clairvoyant dreams offer evidence that we are not separate from the body of the earth and that and that changes or disturbances in the earth can readily be perceived by the dreaming mind such psychic abilities are natural to those who are awakened to a hidden potential of the mind that is closed off or hidden during the normal waking state so that could have been a clairvoyant dream mm-hmm. sounds like it yeah i felt like a crackpot i brought all of it home and like had it laid out on the bed and like when my ex came home he was like who are you? What are Is you Is everything doing? okay? Right. Like, let me, he knew it wasn't because he witnessed what I went through the yeah. night before. Right. And, like, was like, it's okay. Like, I mean, I was so inconsolable. Like, screaming, crying. Like, it was horrible. And, of course, like, when I told him it was a dream, he, like, felt bad because it was obviously the worst dream I'd ever had. Mm-hmm. But when I came home the next day, like, still crying. Like, that's yeah. hurt. Yeah. Well. And there you go. That's yeah, a good crazy. one. Yeah, that is... It was 
A bonkers. Boing. Boing. Uh, boing. <laughs> Closing wow. statements. What do we have to say about premonitions? Gosh. Mm. Still skeptical, but definitely leaning more in the way of truth I'm after today's stories. I'm excited to see... Game for science to take it a little bit more seriously. Yes, yeah. that was the that was the coolest part about researching for today was to hear that there's scientists who are wanting to prove that it's real and that are on the side of premonitions yeah. and saying we're not just going to call this magic and crazy. I don't think right. it's pseudoscience. I don't no. think it's uh, paranormal. I think yes. that it is instinctual. I mm-hmm. think that it is something that we have lost. Uh, a little bit mm-hmm. with the advancement of our society and technology and like yep. communications, especially. Totally. But I don't think that, uh, I don't necessarily think that we are a computer program and that no. there's a change <laughs> in our code. Right. But, you know, the amount of theories is very interesting. I yeah. definitely think that, um, I mean, I know because I've had it happen to me that that happens. I just don't, I would like to know why. Mm hmm. I'd like to know yeah. if something triggers it. Um, I don't, you know, the spider one especially, that seemed like fate. Yeah. That seemed like it was stopping something tragic A bad from car happening. accident. I feel yeah. like if you have it more often than not, it may be a gift. You know, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, like I said, like I don't claim to be, you know, whatever, Cleo. Economy, I wanted. That's a really bad. Miss Cleo. <laughs> Sorry, Ms. I'm Cleo. Miss Cleo. Forgive me, Jamaican community, for attempting to do your accent. <laughs> Forgive me. Um, no, but I think that if it happens more more often than not, I feel like it, it may be a gift. Which then I feel like it all can be developed in everybody. But if you yeah. have that gift, you can really you can decide two things: one, to turn it off, or to say, okay, what I'm what do you want me to this? I mean, because that's always my constant prayer: is like, what do you want me to do with this? Some of this stuff I can't even like digest. Yeah, yeah. can't even process so, I can't decipher yeah well so, and it yeah. could be the same as just having the ability to witness paranormal activity totally. it just could that be a thing of sensitivity mm-hmm. or openness right. or mm-hmm. yeah I mean my mom has it too I think it's passed down yeah I think it can absolutely be passed down yeah it's usually in the family I think yeah. you can I absolutely be born thing. with yeah I think you can absolutely be born with the gift and then I think also practicing meditation, as we were talking about, is a helpful way if you want to try and be more open. Will it work every time? Probably not. But that's just a way right. for people who are looking to get more visions or more guidance in life. Meditation could reveal a lot. Or but... even just stronger instincts. Totally. Mm. Stronger hunches, stronger intuition. Always yeah. listen to your gut. I'll tell you that Listen much. to that gut. I, <laughs> I agree with that one. It's grumbling. <laughs> like, I know. I'm like, gotta go eat. Okay, that's all the time we have left for uh, Keep It Weird. Thank you so much, Maria, for coming back. Thank you for yes. having me. You're always wonderful. I love it. Thank you, guys. You're I know. The best. We wanted... You have amazing stories. Like yeah. I could listen to you talk about your dreams all day. Don't say that. I'll tell you. I know. I need you to publish your dreams. Oh, my gosh. You should. Fascinating. Um... Do you have anything going on right now that you want to plug? I know you've been doing a lot of, like, soap opera. I was going to say, I saw your soap oh, opera clip online. You were super sassy, and Thanks. it was really great. Mm-hmm. Thanks. All I have to say is, like, 
the sand, like the hour, what the fudge? The sands of the hourglass. As so are the days so of, our, the lives. Days of our, lives. our lives. Yeah, if you, um, it's already passed, but if you have um, the NBC app, you can go on there and if you watch Days of Our Lives, I don't know the episode number, but I play a woman named Fran, who's like a tell it like Dragon it is. Lady, Dragon right? lady, that's right. <laughs> tell it like she's it is. She's harsh, but she's fair. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really exciting. You can definitely watch that. Um, it was in great. There. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think it's episode 206 or something, 208. I don't know. It's this past season. Air July 12th. That's how you'll find there it. There you go. Air July 12th. Dragon Lady. Check this That's actress Maria out. Herself. Mm-hmm. Take a look at our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast to find out ways to donate to the show and get some goodies in return. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at keepitweirdcast and our Facebook page Keep It Weird. We are going to be taking a week off next week, so look for another episode on the 25th of August. We're taking some time to edit our Patreon video so and book some upcoming guests and get some Halloween plans in the works for the show. Yeah. Um, I'll make sure to post extra goodies for you guys next week so you don't miss us too much. Get caught up um, on old episodes yeah, get if you need up. to. Jeez. Yeah, it's been summertime. I know that's slowing down. So yeah. get caught up on some old episodes. Uh, Maria, what's our sign-off this week? Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Yeah. What's our sign-off? What? What what's is our sign-off? Oh, this makes me nervous. Oh, it's happening <laughs> um, again, just okay. like it's last happening. time. Okay. It's happening. It's happening. Oh, shit. It's I'm happening. really nervous. It's, you don't need to be. Just whatever comes out. Whatever comes out? Yeah, yep, but go remember last it. time, it was so bad. It was really bad. On the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a mouse was stirring. Oh. Not Love even you. a yeast infection. Oh! <laughs> Use Monistat 1 for the modern woman in modern times. And keep it weird. And keep it weird? What? What the hell are you saying? That's I actually, really I have it. a sketch that I want to do, and it's called <gasps> A Very Monistat One Christmas, and that's how I want to start it. And there's like a fireplace and a woman leaning there, and she's about to... And she's telling that story. Yeah. Oh, so that was like a preview for the sketch. It was. I, okay, now I actually really like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still think you have the worst sign-offs of any of our guests <laughs> that have ever existed, but that's why you're on Yes. And every time we've had a female guest on, they're still distinguishable. Because mm-hmm. I've always been worried that, like, we're going to have someone on. It's going to be like, wait, who's talking when? Who's what? Right. Women. What? <laughs> Who are they? <laughs> you can't tell them apart. <laughs> oh, no! That's the worst one! That's the worst one! Now, everybody... Guys, for the record, I'm Latina, okay? Like, so I'm not... That's the worst one! That's the worst one that's ever happened! What? What are you saying? Did mine just go blank? Yes, it did! What?